0: Now, in the first layer of the dream, I can impersonate Browning and suggest concepts to Fisher's conscious mind. Then, when we take him a level deeper, his own projection of Browning should, should feed that right back to him.
1: So he gives himself the idea?
0: Precisely. That's the only way it will stick. He has to seem self-generated. Eames, I am impressed.
1: Your condescension, as always,
0: is much appreciated, Arthur. Thank you. Welcome to The Rank, with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials.
1: You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. If you disagree, (laughs) join the discussion at Twitter, at at The Rank Podcast, on our website, at therankwithjohnandzach.com. Or email us at the rank with John and Zach at protonmail.com.
0: You can also support us on Patreon at the rank podcast. And remember, please rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Anyway, enjoy the show. So I am, I mean, I have to say, I am curious what your dreams were. <laughs>
1: You know, I don't really remember, <laughs> and um, I plan on keeping it that way because they were weird. <laughs> like, the kind of weird, like, you remember at the very, not to, spoiler alert, I guess, but at the very end of the movie, where Killian Murphy's character is, like, he just woke up, and he's just sort of staring off into the distance. After, yeah. that, after that experience, that was me. But I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> just, like, questioning the nature of reality, Oh. I was like, got oh, I gotta, still got to watch that movie, too.
0: Yeah, I inceptioned you. I guess so. <laughs>
1: you, planted <laughs> a, you planted an idea. Just had less Tom Hardy involved to everyone's chagrin.
0: I was going to say, I, you know, I don't know how you f- would feel about <laughs> that, but that would make me sad.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm... Uh, I'm. I feel like so stupid sometimes, because you you texted me and you're like, fittingly I had you know a weird dream. I'm like, fittingly why fittingly? Well, I, I guess definitely. you did tell me he has weird dreams, so.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, there was a specific reason. That's okay, though.
0: Yeah, so I watched it last night. Mm-hmm. When did you finish it last night, or did you end up watching the rest today? I finished. Uh, finished it about an hour ago. Oh wow! So it's super fresh for you.
1: Yeah, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still a little bit in that post like movie state where I'm like, man, that was intense.
0: Especially with this movie, it feels very much
1: like you're like, whoa, what just happened to me? (laughs) Really, I forgot how intense actually a lot of those parts of the movie where I like literally found myself leaning forward in my chair, like, ah.
0: Yeah, I hadn't seen it in years. I mean, I mean, probably at least five years at this point for me. More for me. I haven't seen it since it was in the theater, so. That's what Sarah said. She was like, I haven't seen it since she's like, what year did it come out? And I was like, 2010. She's like, since then. Yeah. Same. It's like, all right. All right. Um, because I, so I felt stupid for not understanding your, uh, your reference to the dream. Uh uh-huh. And so I like, I read the text to her, you know, mm-hmm. or I told her about it anyway. And she was just like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, cause of inception. She's like, Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> very nonplussed but um, left that much
1: but, of an impact on her huh?
0: yeah and then and I was like you know because it's about dreams and she's like oh yeah that's right it's <laughs> like you don't remember it was about dreaming and dreams and stuff she's like no <laughs> okay <laughs> maybe, she,
1: like, maybe she confused it with uh, memento
0: and forgot about it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah
2: she I wish it. that
0: she forgot about things like memento sometimes. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because you know, I feel like as a guy, we're very. I, I don't know what your experience is, but my experience is that I'm just like, and that happened. It's done, and now I can forget about it. Yeah. And then you know, five years later, I'll be, <laughs> we'll be in an argument or this a, a debate or something, and it will be like, "Remember when you did this to me four years ago?" <laughs> <laughs> She's oh, got. The fuck I- up. I don't.
1: <laughs> she's, she's got the receipts and everything. And yeah, exactly. She's like at 9.23 p.m.
0: on. It's like, all right, Perry Mason, can you cease with the cross-examination here, please? You know, it's funny because before sleep apnea for me, mm-hmm. that was something that I could, like, whenever she tried to do it, I'd be like, well, actually, this is what happened. <laughs> and, and she'd be like, oh, I fucking hate you, you know? She wouldn't say that. She would just be like, oh, that's so frustrating. But now, like I'm like I don't, yeah, I don't remember that at all. Sure, if you say so, (laughs) I believe you. I mean, you know, so that's like end of argument. She's like, but no, I, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, I probably did something stupid. That sounds like me. Yeah, I don't remember fighting Godzilla, but (laughs) tracks it It tracks.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I mean, meanwhile over here, it's 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 that way for both of us. We're like,
0: yeah, that happened, right? Yeah, I (laughs) don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's just, I, I can't remember. Just kind of move on from it. You're just yeah. like, man, whatever. Do you want to do an agenda today?
1: Me do an agenda?
0: Yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to hear your agenda. I'm not good at the agenda. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's funny that you
1: say that. Well, I mean, I, we can get into the, the agenda stuff later when we get into Elliot Page, but for right now, I feel like
0: oh i see what you did there
1: so anyway the actual agenda is
0: that we are (laughs) going to give
1: spoiler warnings for everything here if you haven't seen this darn movie uh since 2010 or otherwise uh you probably should before you listen to this yes Um, definitely (laughs) (laughs) because if for no other reason then you'll be confused (laughs) (laughs) this is not the sort of movie that it's even really all that easy to spoil but we'll try at any rate um uh, but we're going to start with the potent notables, right? Well, after the a very brief summary, and then we're going to go into potent notables, where we're going to talk about some some trivia, some some fun facts, and then the overall description, where we're going to talk about the movie at length. So that's the part you really need to be wary of. And uh, after that, the rank, where we're going to rank uh, what is it, ten categories on a scale of one to five, and then we're going to find out if this is the best action movie of all time, or maybe it's the worst action movie as of yet. So yeah, I, f- I i don't think so. It probably won't be worse than Bloodsport, but
0: <laughs> it probably won't be. You never. I guess know. you never know. I actually, I actually know that it can't be. So, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Are you saying
1: your score alone put
0: it above blood Bloodsport? It it didn't, but it put it okay. high enough that you would have to do you you even if you did ones across the board, it would still end up being. <laughs> <laughs> higher than blood sport that is impressive um, for blood sport <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean i so in case you didn't know from the title of this podcast of this podcast episode um or the fact that we've been talking about it throughout the in <laughs> the opening banter here but today we're ranking inception the 2010 movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Elliot Page, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy, Marion Cotillard, Cotillard. I don't know how to say her last name. Marion French Lady. I
1: think, Ken I wants think, it I think it's what. I think it's, I think it's, I think
0: it's Oh, you mean Marion Cotillard and Ken? Yeah, Watanabe. gotcha. Okay. Marion Cotillard and and. Were you being serious? <laughs>
1: yeah, I was okay. trying. To, I was trying to joke that I thought that you were having trouble pronouncing Ken Watanabe's name when you were. Well,
0: because like I was going to say Watanabe, so I actually didn't know how to say that one either. Apparently, I, uh, well, I whatever. There's cool. a bunch of people in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ensemble cast. I, you know, I feel like there's some name issues here, but it was written and directed by Christopher Nolan, which is the important part. Nolan. because uh part of the reason we're doing this is because uh yesterday uh oppenheimer came out so i haven't seen it yet also also me neither (laughs) as um also starring uh killian murphy right well he's in everything
1: yeah, he's uh, in all of the Christopher Nolan
0: movies. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the first one was. I know he was in Batman Begins. I think Batman Begins was was first. the first was that the first Christopher Nolan movie with Killian Murphy? I believe so. The movie follows a skilled thief named Dom Cobb, who is hired to perform Inception, a process of planting an idea in someone's mind without their knowledge. The movie is set in a world where technology allows people to enter and manipulate Whoa. dreams, and Cobb is tasked with planting an idea in the mind of a powerful businessman. As the mission unfolds, Cobb and his team encounter obstacles and challenges that threaten to sabotage their plan. Inception is known for its complex plot, stunning visuals, and mind-bending twists. Excellent. it's exactly. I felt like this was the best summary I've done so far.
1: That's fantastic. Who put it in your mind?
0: Uh, That's a good question. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, with a skilled Inceptionist, Inceptive, Inceptive,
0: Inceptivizer. uh, Inceptivizer. uh, You'll never know. I feel like an inceptivizer is an hr like role you know <laughs> i think so too um now we've ranked aliens cliffhanger central intelligence Bloodsport, the mummy predator hero iron man speed bullet train jason and the argonauts mission impossible one and two bullet raiders of the lost ark and spider-man the 2002 spider-man as it stands right now raiders of the lost ark is at the top as our only 90 cumulative score movie but iron man aliens and bullet train aren't too far behind all within five points mm. I suppose 90 or higher is kind of like the s tier and yeah. 85 to 90 might be like the a tier you mm. know
1: yeah absolutely. um
0: blood sports still bringing up the rear as the only movie in the 50s
1: <laughs> poor blood sport
0: <laughs> but, but Mission Impossible 2 last week did not live up to my memory of it me neither so I, I was curious if this would suffer the same fate. Um, I remember loving this movie and I'm still a big fan of Christopher Nolan's filmmaking, but I haven't watched this in several years now. Obviously, as as I just mentioned, I did watch this last night mm-hmm. and I can say that, um, I don't wanna give too much away here, but uh, still felt good. <laughs> <laughs> still felt good to watch. Um, so this is actually going to be our first Christopher Nolan movie. And as I mentioned earlier, this is because Oppenheimer is coming out. It came out this weekend, which I haven't seen, but I am excited to see as I am with any Christopher Nolan movie. Um, but I feel like the obvious pick for Nolan with action movies would have been to go with one of the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. But we don't like to do the uh, to go with the obvious choice. Right? Mm-hmm. No, it's unexpected for us all the way. Right, yeah. exactly, which is why our first few episodes may not have had the highest listenership. <laughs> it's been, for some reason, nobody wanted to jump in, jump on the uh, the rank train for Cliffhanger and Bloodsport right away.
1: I guess not, but...
0: <laughs> I know they all came around eventually, though. <laughs> they probably had to think for a second, what's Cliffhanger again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And What is that movie? And then... Yeah. Bloodsport. They were like, "What's Bloodsport?"
1: Yeah, (laughs) there was no again attached. Yeah, I I never
0: knew what that was. (laughs) (laughs) So, what's interesting about this one, though, is this is the second movie that we're ranking in the action movie universe that was nominated for best picture.
1: Yeah, I actually couldn't remember if it was or not.
0: But yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark from three weeks ago was the first. Mm -hmm. Um, So, this ends up being kind of a happy coincidence. Uh, So, the reason that I say that is. You should, as um, not you, Zach, but you, the <laughs> listener. Um, I'm like, I'm over here like me. <laughs> be on the lookout for our next series of rankings. So we've got the the top 10, you know, um, kind of mini episode ranking rankings. And then we have this one as the deep dive for action movies. Mm-hmm. But the next one, we're going to be finding out what the best, best picture is. So we're going to rank year by year. And the year is going to be at random, so it's not going to start at 1927 and go to now. We're just going to kind of pick it random. And if that bothers you, well, listen anyway. Um, so,
1: um, I was going to say tough noogies, but you were nicer. <laughs>
0: um, but so we're going to we're going to watch each movie that was nominated for Best Picture. Um, each movie will have its own episode, and by the end of all of it. We should have the best, best picture of all time. And I am curious if the one that comes out as the best will be the one that didn't even win best picture. Could be. Yeah. So look for that on Tuesdays next week. So first episode next week. And the first episode is going to be the big short. So we're doing 2015 to start off. Anyway, back to the best action movies of all time. Let's dive right into the potent notables for Inception. Notables. So for the potent notables, as always, let's start with the box office for Inception. Now, this was a blockbuster. Uh-huh. It made $292.6 million domestically and $577.5 million internationally for a worldwide total of $870.1 million. Mm. Against a budget of $160 million, which that's a huge budget, by the way. Yeah, so it's, it's actually interesting that it's such a large budget because this is a non-IP movie. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of impressive. I mean, you'd, you'd think, well, that's because it was Christopher Nolan, right? Because mm-hmm. he can just, he can command that. But at the time, his only blockbuster hits had been Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. You know, this is not Batman related. Right. And his standalones at that point were Memento, Insomnia, and The Prestige. And, you know, they weren't flops or anything, and but they, they certainly weren't, like, huge money makers. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they were acclaimed critically, right? But anyway, but he was coming off The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight was the last one he did, which is, uh, you know, it's one of the biggest movies of all time. It's a billion-dollar movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was able to prove in those movies that he could handle production with a mega budget. You know Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um it's still i mean so all that being said though i still feel like i mean this is kind of a gamble yeah that he would like that he would retain an audience from the dark knight to a standalone movie about you know (laughs) in you know shared lucid dreaming yeah that's that's the that's the big part for me is that
1: this is it's it's not just like a straightforward you know, action kinda like for instance, say if this had been cliffhanger, for instance, and I'm not comparing cliffhanger story to this one, it at least has a has a premise that you get right away. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, they're like climbing cliffs and it's exciting or whatever. This is like could
0: you even trust this not to go completely over most people's heads if you're the studio, you know? I know, exactly. You know, it's it's interesting that you would compare it to Cliffhanger, because you know where Christopher Nolan got this idea from? Was it from John Long? It sure was. Well, I like,
1: you know, you've gotten me to the point where we were at that part in the movie where they're scaling down a cliff trying to get down to the ice fortress on you know, the snow. And I was like, oh, this part of the movie is based on, just this part is based on an original idea by John Long. And I was like, we have basically ruined any, cliff, any cliff-based any cliff sequences in any movie for the rest of time. But uh, an alternate, t- alternate title for this movie, Dream Hanger.
0: Dream, also- I, that's that's what i was waiting for i knew dreamhanger was coming and i was like where is it zach when's it hitting me you know dreamhanger is not that bad a name for- it's really not it's probably <laughs> the best
1: hanger you've come up with besides cliff it, it's it's i don't know what dream hanger would be about but um if i if there was like a book called dreamhanger i'd be like that looks interesting
0: and it's like it a would be way. like dragonfly with kevin costner
1: i don't think i know that
0: movie oh really oh well. yeah it's not an action movie and i don't think it was nominated for best picture so we probably won't be ranking it but maybe maybe Never. someday we'll do the best kevin costner ranking
1: yeah let's do that <laughs>
0: um and by the way fellow movie nerds i do know that he had the movie following as well i know i listed his other standalone movies oh Chris. but Rose. i was talking about movies with significant theatrical releases. So mm. before we get all your nasty texts and tweets and emails and that, we, no, that we get all the time.
1: No offense to Christopher Nolan nuts, but they they might actually send you some. They're, well, they're, on, top, they're on top of those things. That's well, that's
0: it. what I was thinking. So I really wanted to point it out that yes, I, I do know mm. that he has other ones, but I just was looking at ones with real theatrical releases. So it took Christopher Nolan actually nine years to get Inception made. Mm-hmm. He started working on it in 2000 and he pitched the movie to Warner Brothers in 2001. It was actually successful. Mm-hmm. Um, their feedback was just that he needed more experience with big budget movies. Oh, so there which, you go. There you go. So he ended up trying to scale down. The, he actually ended up trying to scale down the movie,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but ultimately decided not to compromise his vision, which I'm glad.
1: Yeah, they're like, you know, you need more experience with big budget movies. He's like, all right, I guess I'll do this Batman thing, whatever. Just yeah, so I can do Inception.
0: Um, so here's—I just thought this was so fascinating. I think I've—I think we've talked about this before. Maybe I can't remember if I talked about this with you or with Sarah, which is kind of disturbing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Christopher Nolan based the roles in Inception on the roles in filmmaking. Oh yeah, so. Yeah, Cobb is the director, Arthur is the producer, uh, Ariadne is the production designer, Eames is the actor, uh, Saito is the studio, and Fisher is the audience. How about that? Isn't that fascinating? Clever. I really, I thought that was really neat. Um, and apparently in Japan, when they play Inception on television, they have text in the upper left corner of the screen that tells viewers what level of the dream they're in.
1: <laughs> Which, I, can see that, I can see that being somewhat useful, but I, I perhaps... I don't know.
0: Kind of overkill, yeah, I think. You know? Yeah,
1: part of the fun is like you know trying to follow along on your own. I guess. Yeah.
0: Now Ariadne in Greek mythology was the daughter of King Minos or Minos, Minos probably of Crete, and his queen. Uh, Greek name. She <laughs> aided. She aided Theseus in uh, overcoming the Minotaur by giving him a ball of red fleece thread that she was spinning so that he could find his way out of the minotaur's labyrinth. Mm-hmm. So the myth was also from the base was also the basis for Richard Strauss and Hugo von Hot, Hotman's oh my god why these crazy names <laughs> um was basis for an opera called Ariadne auf Naxos a play within a play just as the movie is about a dream within a dream. <laughs> but what's more fun actually is that is that principal character's names the, the principal character's names, Dom, Robert, Eames, Arthur, Maul, and Saito, mm-hmm. spells the word dreams. Is that what that spells? Yeah. Dom, D, Robert, mm-hmm. R, Eames, E, Arthur, A, Maul, M, Saito, S, dreams. How about that? That, along with the uh,
1: Ariadne fact, is uh, perhaps a little on the nose, but that's okay. I'll forgive it.
0: <laughs> but if you take into account Peter, Ariadne, and Yusuf... hmm it spells dreams pay (laughs) so well i don't know if that's on purpose (laughs) but i like it yeah um but christopher nolan went against the post avatar grain Mm -hmm. which another reason i can't help but like christopher nolan yeah um, but opted to film this on film instead of on digital 3d yeah they thought it would restrict the storytelling, but they did test out post production 3D conversion, which would have been terrible, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Uh, but they thought it would take too long to get the quality they wanted.
1: Well, I, I like you. I'm glad they didn't. Um, despite the fact that there are some sequences that certainly would have been interesting in 3D, it doesn't. It doesn't merit an entire
0: gimmick. Well, so here's the thing, and we'll get into the, I get into this in the potent notables. Actually, the next potent notable. So I'll, I'll save this for for the next one but i just Mm. want to finish this up because sort of ironically when we talk about the cinematography on this it won best cinematography in the oscars Mm -hmm. and la la land and this one are the only movies to have received a best cinematography oscar on film instead of digital since inception one in 2011. i did not realize that at all yeah it's kind of crazy So here's, here's what I was getting to what I was alluding to for this conversation. Um, And another reason why I think I'm, I'm glad that they didn't shoot it in 3d only about 500 shots in the finished cut are computer generated. (laughs) Yeah. Which is incredible. Christopher Nolan opted for practical effects instead of CGI, including the rotating hallway Uh and the explosion near the cafe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, there are some CGI effects added into that explosion, yeah. you know, but the explosion itself, like, he just exploded something in the, in the middle of Paris, <laughs> which there's another little uh, on that, too. Um, And the Penrose staircase. Mm-hmm. That was all practical effect. It's incredible. Yeah. So
1: you want to know what, what effect? I was curious how he did, and maybe you have it down there somewhere when joseph gordon levitt is tying
0: everyone together like i was curious air. about that too i did not see that i just assume everybody was kind of on um wires yeah because but like and i was sitting there thinking you know that would be awkward everybody's like i thought the exact same thing everybody's stacked on top of each other like well hey. they're like 69 stacked yeah they are know? yeah he, he so he'd be like. like Okay, let's put this well, person's so. crotch into this person's
1: <laughs> face. Yeah, so uh, I was kind of wondering exactly how that happened. And I was like, how do you talk the stars into that one exactly? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Leonardo DiCaprio is okay with it. But the rest of them might be reticent.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I you're do. doing it with Leo DiCaprio, right? So well, actually, Leo whoever whoever checked, was... Leo absolutely would have checked everybody's ages first, though. Right. Well, Elliot <laughs> Page at the time was under 25. so. But anyway, so... So, I mean, it's really cool, like incredible movie magic. Um, but on top of this, this get this this is another practical effect he did the avalanche. Mm-hmm. That's a practical effect. So, did you just go out and cause an avalanche? And yeah, he went out and detonated under the snow on top of a mountain, okay. detonated a bomb, explosives. <laughs>
1: I would. Did we... You know, it's a good thing. Did anybody talk him out of some of these practical effects for Oppenheimer? Because. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's not.
0: We don't need practical effect for the nuke. Yeah. No, let's, That's a good
1: point. Let's just use the
0: digital for that one there, Christopher. But I mean, you know, it makes me think of the Dark Knight trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, Dunkirk, you know, mm-hmm. because in, Interstellar probably not so much, but the other ones. I feel like thinking back on those, it's like, yeah, I I could see how he's using a lot of like sets and practical effects, Mm -hmm. um, which is really just so cool. Anyway, um, we got a little Tom Hardy potent notable for this Mm -hmm. next one here. Tom Hardy had to learn how to ski on set. (laughs) That was actually him skiing? (laughs) Yeah. He he almost didn't get the part because he didn't know how to ski. (laughs) and this is what this is a really
1: stupid reason
0: (laughs) (laughs) well he this this is a quote from him which I really enjoyed Chris said I lied to him when he when we first met uh about whether I could ski who wouldn't it's Chris (laughs) Nolan if he asked me if if I could rock climb I'd tell him I could climb rock climb anything John Long again whispering in his ear. <laughs> yeah, hey, like you should make this movie more about rock climbing, Tom. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I, you know, Chris, I can't ski, but I can rock climb. Just saying. <laughs> Chris Nolan's sick of that John Long trying to sneak into his movies. Was this this was just before The Dark Knight Rises, though, right? Correct. This was between
0: The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises.
1: So did he cast? Tom Hardy and the Dark Knight Rises because from this movie or the other yes. way around okay because yeah. it's gonna say like I can <laughs> I can imagine
0: well I've already cast you as Bane, but if you can't ski you're not in this one <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well so Emma Thomas who's Christopher Nolan's wife and a producer on this film
2: mm-hmm.
0: she had to set up the entire shoot which consisted of office production offices in Calgary Alberta London Paris Morocco Los Angeles and Tokyo mm-hmm So they had to have production offices in six countries. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And of course, there were different issues to deal with on each location, but this one I liked in particular, and this goes back to the uh, detonating bombs in Paris, quote from Emma, and then we were exploding buildings in central Paris, which they don't like very much. (laughs) This this is like an offhand quote, quote, and I just thought that was hilarious.
1: I didn't think they did, but... Maybe that's what caused that
0: in Notre Dame, that Notre Dame fire, I should say. Yep, it was all Chris Nolan. Damn it! So DiCaprio, Elliot, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Killian Murphy, um, Ken, go ahead and say. it. Oh, I thought I thought it was Watana Bay. Bay. Hopefully, I'm correct, and I don't get I don't get hate mail
1: from all of. So
0: well, whatever. It's either. So I'll I'll say. I thought it was Watanabe, so
2: mm-hmm.
0: please write us. Um and the way to tell us who's right, I want you to curse out the person who's wrong. Absolutely. We'll just it Take us to fucking just task, just be like yeah because <laughs> we know
1: it's true anyway. So
0: like who's doing your fucking research? Um and Deleep Rao, who played Yusuf, mm-hmm. all trained themselves to remain calm, basically asleep. While they were underwater and buckled into a flooding van, relying Shoot. on scuba tanks for air, that sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, DiCaprio actually spent months with Christopher Nolan after Leo was cast, working on the script. Mm-hmm. Nolan really? said, "quote He made some extraordinary contributions to the script and really challenged me to make the script clear, but also to follow its interior logic and really be true to the essence of the characters and the rules we set out." Emma Thomas, Christopher Nolan's wife, said the work he did on his character with Chris made the movie less of a puzzle and more of a story of a character audiences could relate to. <laughs> so, it's kind of cool. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Joseph Gordon Levitt went to his audition in a full suit just in case. <laughs> in and case this what? was what? Just in case what? <laughs> Well, I have no idea. That's that's a direct quote from him. Just in case, he... <laughs> um, but it was after he read like a brief character summary. But he actually oh, ended I up see. matching his character's wardrobe perfectly, oh, well. which I'm sure helped him in the audition. Yeah,
1: um, and then possibly getting a role in Dark Knight Rises.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, you can sort of tell when uh, Christopher Nolan enjoys who he's worked with. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, interestingly. I haven't seen Leo in any other Chris Nolan movies.
1: Me neither. Well, that so, actually that comes back to my other question that I suppose we can get to when we get to cast
0: and acting and so forth. I just, I personally, I think that Leo is so, um, I don't know, if famous is the right word. So, in such high regard that he mm-hmm. can sort of, he can say, "Well, I don't want to work with one director, except for Martin Scorsese." That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Um, All right. So, anyway, in the city scene on the first level of The Dream with Fisher, the state motto on the license plates of the cars read the alternate state, which I thought was cute. That that is cute. (laughs) Well, that that was Leo's contribution, you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this one I just am like shocked by. There was no second unit team. hired for making this movie all right every single shot was filmed by nolan with wally fister who won best cinematography nolan also did this on the dark Knight, and i don't know about any of the other ones but i i don't know why i said it like there was going to be more <laughs> but he scary. also did <laughs> nolan also did this on the dark night i just think that's really wild it's, it's really unusual to my knowledge yeah it's yeah it's crazy um kate winslet was approached for the role of maul but turned it down you know i liked i like marion cotillard in this but that would have been neat you know well what i find really fascinating about this i i wrote this actually i think it would have been really interesting to go from titanic to revolutionary road Mm -hmm. to inception in the kate winslet leo dicaprio filmography because again not to spoiler alert here about what i'm about to say i don't want to give anything away Obviously, Leo dies in Titanic, but you know Titanic, they're like young lovers, right? Mm-hmm. And Revolutionary Road, they're like old married couple that kind of hate each other. Yeah. And then in Inception, he he's a widower. Mm-hmm. I just think that would be kind of a cool. Anyway, that's like a meta, like almost
1: like those previous roles were like you know former Dream States or something, you know? Right. That would have been that would have been kind of maybe too heady, you know. Like I'm starting to get a little weirded out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it would have been cool. So while filming the snowmobile chase, there were intermittent gusts of wind. So in order to preserve the continuity, the, continuity, the camera helicopter was used to blow snow into frame when there wasn't natural wind. Because you know. Stuff That's like what I use a helicopter for. Oh, absolutely! I mean, it's it's one of its several uses,
1: as well as helicoptering, um, helicoptering. <laughs> so, uh, a quick, notable thing that I, you know—a question. I don't know if you have this information at hand, but uh,
0: <laughs> I don't have much left, so I might not.
1: Do you? Do people, when they're soldiers or whatever, in the winter level in Goldeneye, do they really actually like hold onto a rope and get pulled on skis? <laughs> by by snowmobiles or whatever cuz that was just wild to me. For all I know winter operations do in fact involve a lot of being dragged by ropes. But it was I was just like really? I guess that is the fastest way to go, but I don't know.
0: I I don't know, but I could see that being the case, you know. Well, weird me me. There's uh I know that there's such things as, as alpine troops oh. which are troops that, you know, ski essentially. <laughs> So there's, I, guess. I guess there's p- potential. I imagine they're just like
1: leisurely, you know, making their way down the bunny hill and then intermittently just shooting, you know, their, their automatic rifles just, and then they go back to skiing all the cool <laughs> and, you know, and then, so, I oh
0: so well, so the scenes that take place in that are meant to take place in Mombasa Kenya mm-hmm. were actually filmed in Tangiers, Morocco mm-hmm. which, um you know, I would never have known. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know if that yeah. makes me just like an ignorant American or, <laughs> or what. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have either. So not that I know what Mombasa looks like off the top of my head anyway. So so here's a little bit of a math one. And I actually disagree with this and I'll ex- explain. But Cobb and Mal spent 50 years in limbo. At mm. one point, it is stated that 10 seconds in the first dream world is three minutes in the next and 60 minutes in the dream after that. That equates to time increasing roughly 18 times each dream. So since Cobb was able to be in limbo within the fourth dream, if you break down the math, that equates to about seven and a half days for every 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Breaking it down further, 50 years would be around 10 and a half to 11 hours being asleep. Yeah. And then, so this can, then they, they're saying this can be confirmed by the fact that Saito aged into an old man while in limbo during the duration of the flight to Los Angeles. But here is my issue with that. He was not in limbo for the entire duration of the flight to Los Angeles. He was only in limbo for like the last, you know, what, 30 seconds of falling into the river time in that dream. Yeah. If that. So I don't know if I agree with that. Then uh, I, I don't know if I agree because
1: I think I'm confused about exactly when one ends up in the limbo state because it's not just like a certain number of layers down. You right? He, Saito gets stuck, and and actually Fisher too gets stuck there because they die and aren't able to wake up. Um, right. So it doesn't need to be three dreams down. For instance, it can just be the first dream, and then it would essentially only be two
0: layers down. Right.
1: I get if that it. makes any sense. So well, it's
0: it's unconstructed. So if you haven't constructed a dream space. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's still just yeah, I don't know. I just the math I don't think checks out there, is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. But the last point notable, this was the third most pirated film of 2010 behind Avatar. And and this is the only reason that I kept it in here because I just was like, I found this to be a bizarre number two. Pick all right. just i feel like that's super random that avatar and inception were one and three yeah <laughs> and Kick-Ass, people were like i gotta download kick ass <laughs> I, 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 I have nothing
1: <laughs> is not it bizarre i mean i guess it makes sense because this i don't know like probably there's this nothing
0: that. that makes sense about that yeah i guess you're right
1: <laughs> i'm just trying to make it work <laughs> leave me alone
0: all right, so let's dive into the movie overview unless you have um,
1: other I have, notables. I have no notable with potent or otherwise. Or I don't know if it's the, I also have no potents notable or otherwise. So let's move on.
0: Well, I so just in the like the opening two seconds of this movie, it's like already epic.
1: Mm-hmm. It, Let's see this movie opens, and um, I'm actually having trouble remembering exactly the beginning of the movie it's it's <laughs> the, it's it's them washing up on shore, right because they're they're in Saito's dream.
0: yeah, exactly okay He's, he, and
1: then we see the okay, so at first we see Saito as an old man, and then we're kind of like jarred into this other area right this other this other time when Saito's actually a young man, but in the same place, and uh, they're trying to get information or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's epic. It's so mm-hmm. cool. Um, now, I know Nolan doesn't want to do a sequel. He said that, like, it's over. I don't need to do a sequel. Yeah. You know? Which, I can respect him for that. But a prequel called Extraction? Huh? <laughs> Just more, more missions. Right. That'd be fun, you know? I, I, I'm down for it. Can show Michael Caine teaching uh, <laughs> Leo and his daughter apparently how to do it. This um, is the
1: Italian job, except I mean the original <laughs> Italian job, right, except exactly. That's um, they can de- I, they can digitally de-age Michael Caine.
0: Yeah, they'd have to de-age everybody for that prequel. <laughs> I uh, think we'll only, only hire people. people. Mm, everybody else is the same. Um, actually, I think it would be kind of fun if they like. You know, had it with if they did a sequel that was like Ariadne and Arthur and and mm-hmm. Eames and stuff. You know, just like you don't even have to have Dom in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, but I'm perfectly happy to have there be no sequel too. So
1: no, but the uh, epicness of the uh, just the opening of the movie here this. Just this entire sequence of, uh, I don't know, I guess they're in this, I guess, like Japanese manor house that Saito is living in. Um, it's so stylish and well shot. Like, it could be a really boring, stupid movie. It would still be interesting.
0: In a way, yeah, exactly. exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Just the like, aesthetic would be. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: and there are multiple parts in this movie where I'm just going, this is just nice to look at. Like, again, it could be dumb.
0: You can watch it on mute and be enthralled the whole time.
1: Yeah, it's just that can. I mean, we just talked about how the guy won a a best cinematography, so that's not exactly a surprise. But um, the fact that the uh, content is so engaging, as well as the visuals, is one-two punch, to say the least.
0: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) To say the
1: least is right. At, At what point exactly do you remember that they really introduce the idea of this being? Um, you know, a dream and that they're extracting information because they're trying to hide that fact from Saito. But I can't remember at what point the audience is really made aware of this. And I
0: feel like it is
1: actually. You think I'd remember because I just watched. It. Oh, right. When she shows up and Joseph Gordon Levitt, whose name I can't remember now, um, says, uh, you know, what's she doing here? Right. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Well, but even then it's not given away. It's it's yeah, uh it's when I think it's when she brings Saito to them. Yeah. When he's trying to get the information, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Because, I mean, going into this movie at the time, it was kind of difficult to get a, uh, get away from the fact that you knew this was going to be something to do with dreams just from the commercials and the promotional materials and stuff. But um, it'd be interesting just, you know, to have literally no idea what's going on. <laughs> I know. That would, would be really cool. I would almost like to, you know, wipe my own memory of this. Yeah. yeah and then just
0: watch it and just be astonished.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the few bits of art that I would really like to forget and
0: not in a bad way, in a good way, just to right, just so it, you yeah. could experience it again without any preconception.
1: Yeah. And I would, I would love to like, just completely no idea. So like it's, I'm like, Oh, I guess they're on some sort of heist or whatever. And then just like continually, Oh my, what, you know,
2: what, yeah,
0: like, Whoa, wait, what's yeah. happening now? Um, I actually I mean it, what's so cool about this is he he is so good at the exposition. Mhm. You know, it's minimal, it's succinct, but he describes it so well. Mhm. Do you have a So sp- like yeah, go. Ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to you an example. Cuz I have Well, okay. A- well, so the like for me it was um it's all part of the action, right? So Mall comes in and they start talking about, you know, whose dream they're in. Right. Mm-hmm. and yeah. She's like, I you know, ba- based on this, I'm guessing it's Arthur's. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, like. If she shoots him, blah, blah, blah. And then. Uh, but if she shoots him in the leg. If she shoots him in the head, she kills him. Then the dream ends. Right. But if she shoots him in the leg, he just gets to experience pain. It's just yeah. like they're establishing all the rules for this. But it doesn't feel like they're establishing rules. Like you, as the viewer, you're not. You're not like exactly checking the boxes. Like okay, so it's this and this. But but you are. You know what I mean? It's just so well done.
1: It absolutely is. Um, the establishing of it as like we're already getting a very a very good sense of exactly how all this works in a right. in a way that is not like you said. It isn't over explained which I'm in danger of doing right here just over <laughs> explaining your point but um you know them trying to get the information from him and the fact that like they played the uh, the just that little look that um Ken whatever his last name is does when they mention you know the the, the they mention oh well you know where we, the uh, we don't know where the safe is or whatever and you can obviously see his eyes dart up to a particular place and you go well if you know you know anything about this you know that he looked at where the safe is going to be right um little things like that like um and then nothing that doesn't come back is somewhat important later you know what i mean
0: yeah exactly and it's and and they don't give away that that mall is his you know his dead, uh, dead wife yeah. you know yeah like you think that this is like a rival um thief or something you yeah. know yeah exactly and what she know, doing just, here? It's like enough mm-hmm. You know, like exactly. And then knowing that like she's his subconscious. And so I knew that going into this part because I've seen it, but I'm just like thinking about it in that moment. I'm like, that's just crazy. That's Mm -hmm. such like a wild, cool twist.
1: And it, it makes so much sense because anybody who has dreamt before knows that you can't control what your subconscious is doing, particularly. Right, and, exactly. And, oh,
0: and if, this person.
1: Yep. And the more you try not to think about her, what do you think? You know, I tell you not to think about elephants.
0: Right, exactly. You, did you just incept me? I think I just, I incepted <laughs> you. Um, not to be confused with insemination. So, um, no, no, no. I also was like, so, you know, when he's sneaking around this is before you know maul ends up blowing up his spot and he's shooting the guards yeah he's like running real quick quick and catching them so that they don't fall and make noise mm-hmm. it's like just a cool little detail mm-hmm. you know like he's trying to be quiet so like them falling would be loud yeah i don't know that a lot of i don't know that you see that a lot
1: right and i like it because it just like little attention to detail like that in this case particularly, it makes sense if you don't know this is a dream and you just think he's trying to be quiet or whatever, but it also right. makes sense because of later of how they show you how alerting the subconscious to its own, to you know, that it's in danger, turns the entire dream against you, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. That I mean, there's so much, like, he, like, really thought out the rules about all that. It's just, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, like, there's so many, like, establishing things. Like, this is another example of uh, of exposition. It's economy in filmmaking, really. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you wouldn't think to say about a movie that's two and a half hours. But there is so much of it.
1: Because I, he's telling
0: I, a gigantic story here.
1: Yeah, I feel like it doesn't... I feel like this is actually a fairly streamlined movie for how much is actually in it.
0: Exactly. That's what I mean. So, like, they ha- they show a visual of leo getting slapped while he's asleep right Mm -hmm. and then he goes flying in the dream yeah which i thought was so cool and then you know they do the kick and he goes into the tub and then it's just like this cascading water water tidal wave going over him so i thought that was just like a really neat way of showing like the things that are happening while you're asleep are affecting you in your dream
1: you know absolutely
0: this this is
1: your uh your typical um all heist movies begin with an unrelated heist, but um it doesn't just serve the usual purpose of setting right. up the fact that we're we're these are heist guys or whatever like that. It, it sets up all sorts of important information for later without, like you said, making it feel like better remember this, you know, put a, right. put a little post-it note here.
0: It's it's very different than the uh the establishing shots that we get in Raiders, where mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg is very clear about mm-hmm. everything he wants you to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is no knock on Spielberg, by the way. That's not what I'm saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Both of those are are good ways to do filmmaking. I'm just remarking upon the the way he's done this is is just very different and very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just. Anyway, I just thought it was fascinating. And then, of course, you know, then you find out that they're in, they're actually that when they wake up, that's still a dream, mm-hmm. which is like mind blowing.
1: Right? <laughs> it, it's, it's a mind blowing way to start off and a way to introduce the idea of a dream within a dream right off the bat.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: And um, u- upping the ante works later because it's already been upped in a way that makes sense.
0: Well, right. And then it's. But you're you're sort of telling the audience right in the beginning, you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. You can't coast through this one. You got to mm-hmm. know what's going on. But it's it's not heavy handed. No, it's absolutely not. Um, and then yeah. they wake up again, and we've got bullet trains again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an exciting little kind. Of, as far as trains go, this is one of the most action packed kinds of trains.
0: Is trains. It's true. It goes very fast. Yeah. Um. And it's funny, I never noticed, you know, I've seen this movie a fair amount of times. I haven't seen it in a long time, but up until then, I had seen it a fair amount of times. I know that's different for you, but I never noticed the I don't like trains comment before.
1: Yeah, I had neither, and I still, I I don't know, I, I kind of forgot until you mentioned it right now, actually
0: yeah and it's it's an allusion to later when we find out mm-hmm. about his wife saying you're waiting on a train or them talking Ooh. about it right
1: yeah and how so they get out of the limbo state in exactly
0: exactly so it's really it's like such a fascinating th- throwaway line mm-hmm. that has so much such deeper meaning to it than just somebody being like oh like you know I don't know. I, I'm thinking of Raiders of the Lost Ark again. I don't, I, I don't, maybe it's because I brought it up before, but I'm thinking of, I hate snakes, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this is the thing. <laughs> That's going to come back later. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Nobody this did. one's very just kind of throwaway, and, but it's easy it does, to forget, you know? Yeah. Um, And then he has a phone call with his kids, which is just heartbreaking, by the way. Mm hmm. Yeah, I just was like, I was like, man, I can't imagine saying that to my kids. Like, not being able to see it, it just sounds awful.
1: Yeah, sets, um, up, sets up his dilemma,
0: right? Again, effective uh, exposition. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's interesting watching this, knowing that he viewed these roles as allegories for filmmaking. Also,
1: mm-hmm. with Dom, but well, who would you say Dom was the director for? This? He's the director. Yeah.
0: Which makes sense, right? Because sort of directing is kind of solving problems all the time, mm-hmm. and sometimes creating your own <laughs> because you're bringing your own ideas in. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: what, what does that make? Uh, what does that make Mal the uh, contentious ex-wife? did cool.
0: Did we have one for her? I thought I maybe. Remember.
1: No, we don't. Okay. I was. Uh, um. I was just thinking it's for diva
0: actor i guess yeah
1: <laughs> with the uh spielberg spielberg uh what's the word i'm looking for um parallel uh that would be like the kate capshaw character or something though you can't work with her again <laughs> yeah right
2: <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> i guess i gotta cast somebody else in the next movie
0: <laughs> um it's funny too cuz I'm I was thinking about that, right? I was thinking about the allegories he's using for filmmaking mm-hmm. and how Arthur is supposed to be the producer, right? And and I'm like watching, I'm like, man, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like a real stick in the mud in this. And I wrote that. <laughs> yeah. And then like three scenes later, you know, I don't know how long later, but that's exactly how Eames describes him. I'm like, the word, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess I, I guess I had that spot on. <laughs> like
1: the actor would, you know, po- probably think of the the pragmatic director or the pragmatic producer type who just cares about the logistics of it,
0: right? Exactly.
1: And I'm sorry, but uh, Tom Tom Hardy does a, does a pretty decent little like kind of diva ish actor, you know?
0: Yeah, he does. He really does. <laughs> I, I mean, he's uh, yeah. It's it's fun. You know, they're talking about being the architect or whatever. Oh, it's it's when he sees. Um, you know, his father-in-law, mm-hmm. Michael Caine, and he was, he's trying to basically recruit somebody and Michael Caine's like, well, why don't you just build it? And he says, Maul won't let me. Mm-hmm. And like, you still at this point don't know the story yeah. here.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, even, even though I had seen this, I was sitting there thinking like, is, I can't quite fit is she's a she's a part of his subconscious but like i couldn't remember if they were really going for like a is she actually still like somehow alive and lurking right. around the dream world is what i was trying to think i was trying to figure it out you know
0: yeah is she like a pissed off ex who just like knows how to get to him you know
1: yeah somehow follows him into dreams because i'm glad they didn't go that direction but it's interesting that it's not explained right away you're right. Just left, left to get there on your own
0: well it also gives you it it lets you open up along with the character you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. so like bob is obviously not wanting to talk about this with everybody Mm -hmm. um it is interesting that he feels like he can open up to ariadne about all this stuff i'm guessing it's because of ariadne's constant like (laughs) a pestering ability i guess and investigative (laughs) ability is probably a better way to put it um so maybe it's like well I guess you know Ariadne already knows this so Yeah, just, she, uh, she sort of discurs
1: her. herself into a couple of those situations like for instance intruding directly into his dream right
0: <laughs> yeah which is I mean it makes sense as far as the plot is concerned and you understand why um why she's doing it but it's definitely uh it's definitely an invasion um mm-hmm. But I, I I'm just like watching this. this is like you know see he's so Dom is explaining it to Ariadne right and I'm just like so again we're getting some exposition on kind of how it works and everything and it's just such a cool concept I'm just sitting here I was just watching it being like this is so fucking cool mm-hmm. and oh, then uh, I just Sorry, wanted I
1: to ask if you thought that it had any relevance I paid attention and made sure I paused when Dom goes into the classroom that Michael Caine's character is in. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if he got a name. I think he's just Michael Caine, frankly. Um, But on the chalkboard, I saw, like, you know, floor plan diagrams essentially of both what looked like the uh, Pantheon in Rome and what looked like. I mean, the duomo in uh in florence i don't know if those would have any relevance at all or if they just said put some famous buildings up there
0: <laughs> i honestly don't that... know I, I didn't see anything about that um i wouldn't be surprised based on the level of detail involved in this that there may be i was trying to come up with a
1: with a connection of some kind except that both are very famous obviously in the the, the Duomo, which was specifically on the Cathedral of St. Mary of the Flower, which I'm not saying in Italian, um, was a very important dome at the time. It was the largest dome ever built, and it was supported in a brand new way that domes had never been supported by before. That's all all you essentially need to know about that. I don't
0: know. if <laughs> Okay.
1: <laughs> if I, I mean, um, you know, it was like an engineering challenge for the time. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, right.
1: And of course the Pantheon has a dome on it as well. It's a freestanding dome, but
0: doesn't matter. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't, there's gotta be something there. I don't know what we, we should, um, we should explore that. Maybe we can, when we do inception again for the best picture ones. The best picture we'll go into a little bit more in the artistic yeah, well, well, Yeah, exactly. We'll try to take a look into that.
1: the The building of a masonry dome posed many technical problems. Brunelleschi looked at the great dome of the Pantheon in Rome for solutions which is one single shell of concrete, the formula for which had long been forgotten. The Pantheon had employed central uh, structural centering to support the concrete dome while it cured, which was also not possible for uh, a dome of the new size requirements that they had for the, for the Duomo in Italy, um, chose such a design that would employ a double outer shell made of sandstone and marble under which would be the interior shell of the dome.
0: That's really cool. I still don't know how it applies to the movie.
1: Well, layers of dome for instance to solve the problem of how to make it so large.
0: Oh, interesting. That is probably what it is then.
1: Different, you know, shells of roofing essentially whereas not that the Pantheon part matters especially except that they were able to make it out of concrete which they could not do oddly enough in the, you know, the 15th century.
0: Yeah, I would say that Christopher Nolan strikes me as somebody who is very intelligent and well-read. Mm-hmm. So he seems like a person who would do a lot of research like that to find allegories and metaphors that he can put in and sneak in.
1: My so, my, initial, my initial suspicion just it had been they're nice looking and stuff and people that sort of thing. However, I wanted to mention it in opposition to the ending part, which we'll talk about when we get to the end, which I sent you a picture about. Yeah. So just remind me that I have just something to say about that.
0: Okay. Anyway, so uh, these explosions when Ariadne realizes they're in a dream mm-hmm. is are just they're just so cool. It like every little thing explodes.
1: I remember watching it in the theater, and this was the point where I was completely one hundred percent sold on the movie. I liked it a lot prior to that, and I knew as soon as I saw it in the 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 previews for it that I was going to see it no matter what but this was the point where i was like i'm all in i'm just going to push my chips to the center and i'm going to live or die with this movie and how it, how it how it turns out right you know how sometimes you're kind of reserving judgment i like where this is going we'll see i was just like i'm in take take the rest of my money if need be you know they could have come in and be like oh if you want to watch the rest of the movie it's another admission fee i'd be like fine but i'm angry but i'm paying it
0: <laughs> well it's funny that you say it. i feel like this is the difference between you and I, when we watch movies, mm-hmm. oh, well, because you like I'm like immediately all in. <laughs> like, yep. I'm into it. Let's, let's show me what you got. And so, then it, then you have to, then I'm disappointed. You know, you, yeah. you have to like really work hard to disappoint me. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, you're making them work for your, uh, approval. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm ready to check out at any particular time. Have you ever walked out of a movie? Yes. Once. Just Once. I think it's just once. Maybe there was another one, but I, I always remember this one specifically because I kind of think it's silly now. Mm-hmm. But it was The Lost World. You mean the second Jurassic Park movie? Yeah. You're going to laugh, but I literally walked out of that movie too. <laughs> you know what it was for me? What? When they started kicking the dinosaurs and like doing the acrobatics, I'm like, get the, get the, the gymnastics out of here. Stuff? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly when I walked out too. And by the way,
1: we did not see this together. I remember because I saw it. No, we mom did. And my brother. So <laughs> we didn't make the joint decision. That's incredible. Because I remember I was like, oh, fucking, she just, she's doing gymnastics on the velociraptors. This is where, what has it come to? You yeah, know? exactly. I
0: was like, what? This is the stupidest thing. I was cursing the heavens. I was like, uh, what hast thou wrought? I was it's like stupid. really excited. So I saw Jurassic Park before I ever read the books, right? Mm. And I know you haven't read the books, but i read the lost world and i loved it and i read it in three days Mm -hmm. when i was like in what seventh or eighth grade i think yeah it came out Uh, um and so when they were like gonna do the movie i was like yes this is awesome you know Mm -hmm. i can't wait to see it because the book was so good and then uh i was they started doing the fucking kicking, you know, <laughs> kids doing their gymnastics. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yep, I remember her being on like the single bar and she's like spinning. I don't know. She's like, I don't know if she actually did 360s on this stupid thing, but either way, I... it was really absurd. As like spinny, 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 kick it in the face. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah. mm-hmm, a giant dinosaur wouldn't just bite your fucking leg off. Yeah, exactly and the 10 year old girl does her gymnastics and beats
1: the dinosaur you know that was the thing that it wasn't it wasn't technology it was it was gymnastics that
0: killed the beast to paraphrase, <laughs>
1: <laughs> to paraphrase <laughs> king kong
0: uh anyway so let's let's get back to uh, inception that was an interesting detour well, um, i i had
1: thought maybe that you're willing to stay longer in movies than i am but i've only walked out of one other
0: movie so i'm not that far ahead of you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I'm I mean I it sounds like I'm not actually willing to stay. Alone. What's the other movie? I am embarrassed to say it because it's an extremely uh, well-regarded
1: movie. Pedro Almodovar is all about my mother. Never seen it, so. Well, it's extremely well-regarded, but I didn't want to see it in the first place and I was annoyed. <laughs> so so
0: so but so that probably had more to do with why you were there in the first place mm-hmm, than the movie exactly. itself, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Yeah um
1: sorry so, anyway, all right, so uh, anyway yeah where were we uh, yeah so
0: they do such a good job with the exposition during these trainings like just excellent choices are made in this movie while well, they're oh, training I'm, Elliot. I'm, I'm sorry I wanted this
1: this this brings up a point that I another question I wanted to ask you that's maybe yeah sure a, a tangent um there was a critic at the time his name was Jim Emerson um okay. I, I read his uh it was a blog post on it it wasn't like a full review and It was relatively negative. He um, doesn't seem to like Christopher Nolan's movies in general. And I'm not saying he's got an agenda, because I don't care. But um, the title is Inception Has Christopher Nolan Forgotten How to Dream? And the gist of it, which I don't want to read overall, is that dreams aren't actually anything like this. And I remember in the comments or something of it, reading something to to the point of his saying like, specifically the part where Paris like folds in on itself, that's not what dreams are like. And I was wondering if the, you found that to be the case, um, as well as maybe the rest of the dreamlike stuff in this movie, was it kind of similar to the way you experienced dreams, or was it just cinematic? Because I'm rewatching The Sopranos right now, and dreams and The Sopranos are really bad. Like, that is actually not what dreams are like. They're really super on the nose and really super metaphorical in like, stupid ways. So I, I'd agree with in that case, but like, I was wondering if how you felt about Inception being particularly accurate to how dreams, you know, are experienced.
0: Well, I think that's a really stupid take.
1: I do too. but
0: <laughs> Because this isn't, yeah, dreams aren't like that. You don't fold fucking cities around on each other in dreams. Sure. But this is lucid dreaming. They're conscious of changing things in their dream.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's not the same. The concept is different than what he's describing. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make any sense
1: actually the um, entire thing kind of makes me wonder like did you miss the point of what was happening and i don't mean the point of the movie but like did you miss literal plot because at that point
0: Ariadne's doing that on purpose she's folding Paris over on itself to see if she can you know right she literally says like what can you you know can you change physics i mm-hmm. mean it's 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 a really kind of a bizarre take because like yeah dreams are definitely the way they describe dreams how you are just like you're there mm-hmm. you don't know how you got there yeah that's mm-hmm. exactly what dreaming is like
1: mm-hmm. it makes sense but then if you try to apply real world logic to it it's like yeah that actually doesn't follow right but you're like it's- in an eternal now
0: in dreams you know You're not right thinking about how you it's got always there. in the present always i mean yeah. i wake up I wake up from dream, you know, like I'll wake up and I will have been dreaming something, and I can, I can, if I can get back to sleep within a decent amount of time, I can force my brain to get me back to there.
1: You want to be on the beach with Cindy again?
0: I mean, I don't That's... remember that dream. But it sounds great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a Dane Coke joke. <laughs> <he's>, you know, <laughs> you wake up and oh, I want to go back on the beach with Cindy. But um, yeah, it's a, or it's. That's I don't I don't know I don't know, know, joke, I don't don't know who, know who the that's a good is. one, <laughs> but Dane Cook told it. I'll I'll say that much. But uh, no, I can't do that. You're a lucky son of a gun if you can. <laughs> I wake up and you know I can only go back into the shitty ones. You know it is.
0: Well, you know it's funny. I I used to do it a lot better when I was a kid. I I, I think I actually was able to do some lucid dreaming when I was oh. younger because I would. I would like go to sleep thinking about what I'd want to dream about. And then I would actually dream about it. And, and then I, when I woke up, I'd be like, oh, that was cool. I used to, I used to like, and this is when I was really young, but I like, and I wish I could remember the dreams, but I used to like wake up and remember a lot about the dream and go to sleep. Cause I wanted to finish it. Like I would go to sleep later that night you know, like a normal you know, wake up, yeah. go to sleep. And I would be thinking about it so that I could complete it. And I re- I remember that I would have like three nights in a row of like the same dream. Um not the same dream, but the same like progression of the dream. Like a plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, "All right, tonight's Godfather Part 3." So. <laughs> exactly. I remember it never being I never was able to do it more than 3 nights, but I <laughs> That's and, why all uh, movies, that's why all good movie series are trilogies. <laughs> um, if only only
1: the producers of the Fast and the Furious franchise had that same problem. But isn't Fast 7 like the best one? So I don't I don't have the foggiest idea which one is the <laughs> best one. My assumption is that Fast and the Furious nothing is the best one. The <laughs> ultimate reality where they didn't ever start making those movies is the best one. Um
0: that, that's what I dream about when I fall asleep. It's well, I think that the I think the the one that's the number seven one is the most critically acclaimed and highest grossing. Don't you say so. I'm pretty sure. Well, we'll find out <laughs> what we do for notables for our, all ten. <laughs> oh, um,
1: there are ten Fast and the Furious movies, I just want to say. One Citizen <laughs> Kane on Earth, but there's ten Fast and the Furiouses. Fast yep. and Furious. The fast <laughs> and Furiouses. Fast and the Furiouses.
0: Um, the Fast and the Furious films. But speaking of the city folding, I mean, that's such an, an iconic scene. So like, really, being angry about that is so fucking stupid. And, you know, it's it's especially funny to me because that's
1: very very accurate to the way I dream and I remember like I said I don't know if you remember before when I said I've been sitting watching the previews in some other movie I don't remember and they showed like a like a bit of that scene as part of the trailer and I just remember like it was like eerie I've I've had dreams that are almost just like that so I was like this is just what the hell like how dare you reach into my brain Christopher Nolan
0: yeah so, the other uh, frustrating part about that is like so he's taking his own experience and applying it to the entire population. Pretty much. You know, like so people don't not, dream like that because I don't. Yeah, I'm not trying to pick on David, uh, Jim Emerson is what his name
1: is. Um, but I found that frustrating when I read that at the time. Yeah. yeah, Especially since it's so opposite of what my
0: experience is. And so opposite of like what the fucking movie was. like. It's just a weird take. Anyway, Um and this, I wrote this before I even remembered um, what it really was, but I wrote Cobb's totem as the coolest, mm-hmm. but it's not his totem.
1: It's not his totem; it's Miles' totem.
0: Yeah, and I Which was is... like, I f- f- completely forgot that.
1: Yeah, I forgot that too. Um, and we'll get to the ending scene, but uh, it changes the meaning of it because it doesn't matter. But anyway, right. and I, I read somewhere that his totem is actually his wedding ring.
0: I do not I never saw that confirmed in the movie. But I. I I did, did not that. see that in the pot notables his wedding wedding ring was brought up mm-hmm. in that you only see it in his memories, I think they said, Whoa. but you don't see it um any other time. But they also like cut away when his left hand is coming. Into frame two a lot apparently. You know, I should have. I knew that going into the rewatch here. No, I, like, I should have forgotten. But I, I didn't pay attention. I just get so sucked into the movie. You know, I'm yeah. just like, Oh man, I, like I don't want to watch what his fucking left hand is doing. Yeah, it's but it's a It's the, shit.
1: It's the um, sort of movie that that you might be rewarded for. That's true. You know? That's true. The idea of the totems in general is also really really cool. It's really it's really clever actually. Uh, Ariadne calls it a clever. Yeah, and it it is actually. That's. I mean, that might just be Christopher Nolan complimenting himself.
0: I know. I always (laughs) think that when you have that happen in movies, like this is a really good idea, and it's like, are you just like, did the writer think that what he just had was a good idea? (laughs) Hey, everyone. He or she. she? Um, No, yeah,
1: and uh, we we see, yeah, we only see those three totems, but it's still (laughs) neat.
0: Yeah. So now, now Cobb's got to go find Eames, right? Mm -hmm. And I just enjoyed that he was, I was like, oh, he called him a stick in the mud about Arthur. (laughs) I was, uh, I was, uh, I
1: don't know, it's, the casting in this movie is really, really good. Incredible. Perfect. Pretty, pretty much perfect. Every, every next actor is like so much, is, is, is very, not only good, but natural for their part. Yes. It's, and Uh, this goes back to the visuals would be engaging even with a stupid story, but also the acting would actually be pretty enjoyable, even with a stupid movie. Because the characters are engaging just because they have charismatic, you know, good actors, so.
0: Right. I mean, can we just talk about how effortlessly cool Tom Hardy is? I I mean, that's
1: kind of what I was getting at. But he comes on screen and the movie gets cooler by degrees, (laughs) you know? I know, it's
0: unbelievable. He just, he's awesome. Well, I think that's why he's a superstar now, I guess. I don't know. I'd never heard of him at the time, but right, me either. Yeah, I, I was just like, okay, well, but I you know, I was like, this guy's kind of fun, you know. Yeah,
1: but he was good and he was a lot of that's that's actually another good point, is that the the movie gets more fun because he's in it.
0: Yeah. I always, I always appreciated a performance that adds fun factor to a movie. Adds some levity, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not and not like uh, distractingly, you know, just that's like that's something that no one is the read. audience. Yeah, it's something Nolan I
1: find is actually good at is uh not actually good at as the as opposed to anything, is not But right, right. <laughs> he's good at t- he's good at tossing fun little jokes in that are still meaningful full for the plot, so it's not like completely out of left field, but like um for instance Tom Hardy's uh running interference by pretending he knows the guy. This is just cute, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then there's a couple other cute jokes that you know And are- I
0: like when he when he leaves uh well, I guess not.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's fun and it's cute. It reminds me of in a uh, Batman Begins when Batman asks Commissioner Gordon if he can drive a stick. You know, yeah, right.
0: It's just it's um, cute. Yeah, I mean he's, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the best filmmakers of our generation. You know, really. yeah,
1: I I feel bad kind of agreeing with that because it's so like obvious, obvious, and like stereotypical that we're, I mean we're you're you're almost forty but we're exactly of the age range and demographic to be really into those Batman movies and so forth. (laughs) Not not to mention Inception, not to mention uh, we were in high school when um, Memento came out. Um, And Memento was incredible. But anyway, point is, is that we're very like, I feel like it's a stereotype for us to, for the two of us to be like, Christopher Nolan's so good. But I mean, I really like almost all of his movies. So
0: I mean, I can't think of one that I don't like.
1: I'm thinking, I actually said almost all of, and I can't think of one that I don't like
0: either. I know. Well, that's when you said almost all of them. I'm like, which one? <laughs> like, I like. I, I can see people saying Insomnia sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or no, I can't see it, but I've I've heard people say Insomnia, and I'm like, have you seen it, though? Because it's insomnia. actually really good. It got really good reviews. Yeah. It's really good. Memento is incredible. Either. I haven't seen Following. Um,
1: I haven't either. I also haven't seen Prestige.
0: I own it. Well. It's... It's quite good. Um, If we we do a magic movies, magician movies. (laughs) The incredible Burt Wonderstone.
1: Um, (laughs) It's like a list of four, but obviously the Dark
0: Knight trilogy is incredible.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Inception, right? I haven't Uh, haven't
1: seen Interstellar.
0: You you haven't seen Interstellar? I love Interstellar.
1: I also haven't seen uh, whatever. Tenet? I haven't seen Tenet, yeah, but that's because I didn't have HBO Max when it came out.
0: Did you see, so you have seen Tenet or you didn't? I have not. Oh, okay.
1: And I also haven't seen whatever the World War II one he did. Dunkirk?
0: Is. Oh, you haven't seen Dunkirk? Nope. Oh, man. Well, that one you're going to end up watching because it was nominated. Well. So there you go. Um. Anyway, let's get back to this one. Otherwise, we'll just be Christopher Nolan filmography. Anyway, yeah, we got, We're when they're talking about the totems, I just was like, I was just like amazed by this movie all over again, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? like it's been long enough that i'm just enjoying it all over
1: again. It's amazing. And, and this the sequence is where they're teaching ariadne how to like manipulate dreams and the logic of dreams this is really great exposition again like you said where yeah it makes sense that they'd have to be teaching her i mean excellent job just you know saying well we need a new architect whatever
0: right and they're then, justifying it because the architect that they would normally use can't do it mm-hmm. and it makes sense it's for yeah the plot you know the plot it's
1: consistent. In that There's way. no
0: wasted effort here
1: at all. Mm-hmm. And what, like, see, these are some of the most fun scenes in in movies when they do things like this and explain the like training
0: you, and they're explaining yeah. stuff. I
1: agree. It's it's a fantastic use of filmmaking time.
0: And it's not quite a montage, but so we're in Mombasa, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Leo's being trailed by, I guess. Cobalt engineering. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was a little sh- I was a little un- unsure of exactly what was going on there, but
0: and then they're just like indiscriminately shooting in yeah. Mombasa and it's just fine.
1: Yeah, these these corporate guys, I guess.
0: Yeah, like, I don't know. That was the only time where I was like, really? They're just going to fire into the crowd. Like, <laughs> they Even shoot some random bystanders.
1: Yeah, I think so. So and it, it at least caused some car accidents slash collateral yeah. damage. <laughs> and then a weird part where Leo seems like he could fit through the gap, and you know, and yeah, yeah. he's trying to get through if he squeezed more sideways, but instead, it's trying
0: to go through like forward. <laughs> it was kind of odd. Well, so like the scene where they're showing him face on, like mm-hmm. the face towards the camera, yeah, and like kind of shoulders up, mm-hmm. it's very believable. But then they show that one time from the back, and mm-hmm. it looks like it's a lot wider. <laughs>
1: It's like, you see, you see, that's why cats have the right idea. They, um, can go through If they can get through something, they can get through it head on because they don't get any wider than their
0: own heads. Right. Right. I think we, octopuses have the uh, right idea.
1: Oh yeah. Well they have the
0: right idea about everything. <laughs> <laughs> brain cells
1: all over the body. One localized brain cell area. That's not very efficient, right? No
0: bones. <laughs> squeeze through anything. Um, but that's that's the, that's the dream <laughs> the dream is no bones yep, yep. <laughs> um I, I was like sort of it's sort of impressed how, impressive how quickly Ariadne figures things out yeah you know like not just the the dream stuff but also like what's going on with Cobb with him yeah actually yeah. watching him and being like okay something's going on here and so to- yeah so it's at 40 minutes because I was, I paused it. Um, Forty minutes in is when we find out the Malls his dead, his dead wife.
1: Mm-hmm. And and again, a very natural way where she's curious. That's right. That's just in, you introduce a new character, and then you can teach them the rules, and also have them investigate things that other characters take for granted. Yeah, it's just like yeah. filmmaking one hundred and one. That's all I'm all. It, it, it's it's I'm filmmaking
0: one hundred and one, and yet done in a way that you're not like. Well, yeah. Like when you just watch the movie, you're not thinking like, "Oh, he's just like kind of going by the scripting numbers here." You know? No, yeah, it's it's examples of
1: why that stuff works is all right. right. Exactly. When you when like you know it's an example you would use in class when you were teaching how to do how to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Textbook example. That's what I mean.
0: I re- I remember wishing I could share dreams when I first watched this. I remember just being like. Oh man, I wish I could just like share a dream with somebody and know what's going on. It just sounds awesome. And I fi- I found myself wishing it all over again. And I feel like that's a sign of like such a like a really great movie. Yeah. Where it just makes you dream and wish like oh, I wish mm-hmm. I could do what's happening here. Yeah. Um get you that involved with the world and how it works. And they never go very
1: deep into though, I will admit, about the background of the this dream technology. They mention the military. Right. And using it for training, but they don't mention really how, how it works. How it works, which is probably
0: a good idea, frankly. Because if they got into the right, the, there's no need, honestly. It would be too wibbly wobbly, and right because it doesn't exist now. So how how can you explain that it does exist? You know, it's not like a future tech, science fiction tech. Like it's not something we've yeah. we know how to do it. We just don't know how to. We can't do it yet. Yeah. You know. And
1: it works that they just show that this this is how it works. We're just get, And none of the characters are like the researchers who came up with it or anything. So there's just right. no reason to explain it. But I, I had been wondering how how Bob and, and Marion and Cotillard, Mal, um, how they got it, how they got that stuff. You know what I mean? Like if it was military technology, how'd they end up with it and why were they using it? But that's just a small little deep plot detail that I don't even think I thought about the first time I saw it.
0: Yeah, well I think the idea is that it's it's been around long enough that it's been disseminated, you know. Okay. Yeah. That was the that was the impression I got. But um but yeah, so now you know Eames is there, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's the, the team's together and um Eames comes up with an idea and mm-hmm. Arthur's like, I am honestly impressed. You know yeah. and then <laughs> I like that little mini rivalry between the two of them. I know. It was so much fun. Um, but your condescension, as always, is much appreciated, Arthur. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just great. I mean, it's so fantastic.
1: A very un, a very unforced, um, I don't want to say camaraderie, because, it, again, it's a rivalry, but unforced uh, repartee between them.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to put it, actually.
1: Makes it feel like a, uh, it, make, it naturally gets you into the team dynamic. Right. And the fact that Saito fits into the team as well, despite the fact that he could just be like the like the faceless bankroll behind it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean I think that also shows their acting and mm-hmm. ability and their charm, to be honest. It's it's,
1: you know? it's like a fun group of people that you wanna like, you know, yeah. go on this adventure with, not just random faces.
0: Exactly. And, and and this is the point at which we find out it's actually Maul's totem, mm-hmm. right? I didn't because i had forgotten um and I, I just this is the only i think this is the only part of the movie that i always kind of felt like he he just told her the totem yeah that he's using so how does that isn't that like you can't does not defeat the purpose yeah because he's like yeah he, she she would spin it and it would just spin forever and she'd know she was in a dream
1: yeah that's actually interesting because he originally explains the idea of the totem being that you're the only person who knows exactly how it feels but this totem actually operates differently in that this one doesn't work via you know the weight and feel of it or anything it works like a top and anyone else could confirm or you know not confirm that
0: they're in a dream just by watching it right exactly so i that part was i i always felt like well what like, what is his totem, and, like, why is he using hers instead of his? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and also, that means that she told him what the totem was. Yeah. Which, you know, they're married, so I guess that's fine, but uh, anyway. It contributes to their mutual
1: confusion about the, you know, being in the dream for... Right, And And exactly. what is what in reality.
0: Yeah. And, you know... The reason for the – so going back to, like, the team and, you know, what they need to do, the, then they're saying, they you know, there needs to be they're, – they're essentially taking the viewer and saying, this is how we're going to work the plot, right? Mm-hmm. Um But, like, the reason they give for a positive emotional reaction as opposed to a negative, I just mm-hmm. I feel like it's so cleverly pres- presented,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? No, it absolutely um, is. Um, you can you go you go ahead. I was just gonna say. Oh, go for it. When, like, part 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 of th- this sort of effective thing is uh, showing it and having the viewer fill in blanks in a way, so that you're not over explaining. And when he says, you know, maybe he wants to screw over the old man one last time, whatever. And then Cobb says, no, no, no you want it to be positive. Like they didn't go that much deeper into it, but my brain right. my brain went yeah, you know, the only thing better for someone like him than, yeah, I screwed over the old man is the old man was proud of me. Right, exactly. And, better. like, immediately buy it. Mm-hmm. it. It immediately becomes clear, oh, that would be more important. Like, Right. And I, I like the idea that a positive emotion is actually better than a
0: negative emotion. Not
1: necessarily stronger, just preferable, I guess.
0: So now, um, you know, they're doing the planning and everything, and they, they're talking about, like, what can be the catharsis, right? And, mm-hmm. and Eames, Eames again gives a good suggestion, and Cobb goes, Oh, that might work." And then Arthur says, "The you know, yeah, you know well, need- might's not going to be good enough. We need better than might." Yeah. And then Eames, oh, thank you for your contribution. <laughs> <Arthur."> <laughs> you know, the it's more so great
1: when you mention that this, you know, that they're all you know metaphors in a, for the different roles in making a movie. I'm now imagining. I'm now imagining some of the backstage of not necessarily this movie, but a movie like this one. And remember he said that that Leo contributed a lot of ideas. Yeah. So I'm imagining Leo being I'm, I'm I'm imagining what I'm imagining is Tom Hardy basically kind of aping Leo a little bit in this role. Yeah, like, I, I could see that actually. That's like, yeah, that, that that's Leo behind the scenes. Like, hey, how about we do this? And some producer chimes in. That's dumb, Leo. And Leo's like, whatever, I'm sassy. <laughs> whatever I'm sassy. <laughs> Uh, I like the idea of Sassy Leo. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> sassy Tom Hardy was funny. You would just wait to see
0: Sassy Leo. <laughs> um, what's interesting, and, and I didn't, I hadn't, again, I hadn't really even noticed this, and we've had this in other movies too. Aliens, mm-hmm. actually, a prime example. Not a ton of action. Yeah, yeah. Right that's now, the thing I was,
1: we had how, except for the the little bit of gunfight at the very beginning. And the, the, the chase in Mombasa. Yeah, which is a foot chase. Oh, yeah, there's there's, there's more to it than that. But, yeah, not a heck of a lot of action at all. It's a lot of setup and a lot of... A lot of world building. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, we, we, we've
0: we, already said the world building is, you know... Fantastic. Fun. Yeah. yeah. But, we could, could just... This whole podcast is us talking about how great the world building is. Yeah, this is an action um,
1: movie review, but...
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, By the way, you know, they're talking about so then they they go to meet Yusuf, right, mm-hmm. for the the special cocktail that they're going to mm-hmm. take. Um, and they're talking about being, you know, in a dream for 10 years or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and why would anybody want to do that? I'm like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, not having – being in a dream and knowing you're in a dream? You have no responsibilities to anything. You can just live for 10 years with no responsibility. That sounds amazing.
1: Um, Possibly drive you crazy, but I guess it, like Well, I guess- it definitely would – yeah, yeah. I think go it's ahead. I think it's Eames that says it depends on the dream, and <laughs> that obviously very much is the case as well. Um, that was Yusuf, actually, that said oh, that. Was oh, wasn't it? Well, yep. I, either way. Uh, it reminded me a lot of, um, like, they go into this back area and all these people are asleep, right? And it's, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, down, I don't want to say dingy, but, you know, it's kind of... It's like underwater. an opium den. It was, it reminded me exactly of an opium den where they would supply people with beds because apparently one of the cool things about opium is you took it and had really vivid dreams. So I think that was what he was trying to evoke. Mm-hmm. So that that was my first thought. And I was like, well, you know, people enjoyed that a heck of a lot. So, and there's presumably um, no side effects to this except for not being able to dream at home, which I'm, I don't know. I feel like that would... I don't know if that that would be good for a bit, like another dreamless night, but then you would like lose your mind slowly. So,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I would think maybe the sedation would kind of wreak havoc on your body after a while, but
1: oh, for sure. I don't know. Um, We can pretend that this uh, near future reality has, you know, relatively consequence free sedation.
0: Yeah, I. I I don't know. I just, this was popping into my head just now. I was thinking about when they're, you know, the, the team is doing their team talk or whatever. And mm-hmm. they, I guess this is actually, so I think they've brought Yusuf back at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they're talking about how like heavy the sedation is. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we're going to have to use a kick. And is like, what's a kick? Mm-hmm. And he just like, almost he did over Arthur in the- over in his chair. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yep
1: that's what I mean about that just being a very a very fun minor plot thing that they yeah. that they kind of don't like each other all that much
0: it's funny I didn't even remember that I had written this so yeah. you were talking about how they have this little rivalry mm-hmm. I wrote I love their little rivalry there you go it's exactly <laughs> what it is it's, yeah, exactly it's it's a
1: little character beat that doesn't need to be there but doesn't certainly doesn't take away. Doesn't add to the runtime or anything, but I think
0: it. I think it adds to the plot. That's
1: yeah. You, it's it's a great little characterization.
0: Yeah. And how rich is Saito, by the way? That he's just like I bought the airline. Yeah, airlines are very fucking
1: expensive. Well, he's apparently rich enough that he can just influence the U.S. government with a call. Because Uh, yeah, no kidding. (laughs) That, that that was my pro- kind of problem with it. That he's just going to call the president or something and be like, "Yeah, forgive this attempted murder, this possible murder charge." You know, yeah. You're just like, oh, no problem. <laughs>
0: I actually that that was yeah. I also was like, how how is he getting rid of this? You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the only thing he's doing is bribing somebody to like lose the records or something. But yeah, but
1: yeah, I feel like. I feel like that wouldn't that wouldn't quite work. I feel like the Justice Department would be like, "No, no, we still want him for murder." Like, yeah, uh, exactly. It's not like a little charge, you know. Yeah, it's not a tiny thing, and this isn't like the olden days where literally the file gets lost and nobody knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's no um, there's no actual piece of paper that you can just get rid of and that's gone. But that's okay. That's just a tiny thing, and obviously and- we're we're meant to believe that this
0: guy is just enormously wealthy and powerful. So. Right. Exactly. Now and I don't know if it's that I have a bunch of little kids right now, you know, or or what. But him not seeing his children is just like viscerally painful. Yeah, yeah.
1: and they do a good watching. job of it because yeah, I don't have kids, but you know, you feel it.
0: And Maul is creepy as hell.
1: Um, is this a this is just after the point where Ariadne is sneaking around and right in, looking his at dream. his memories
0: and stuff. Yeah,
1: and she has that moment where with the musical, you know, the musical note that Maul looks up, and just with her eyes looking up is like, it's like a jump scare out of nowhere, (laughs) (laughs) that oh my god, Marion Cotillard has noticed me. (laughs) I I wouldn't think a beautiful woman looking up suddenly would be upsetting, but god, that was.
0: Yeah, right? Seriously.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, eye contact, like you know, an actress, and just, oh god. But yeah, no, she's uh, very unsettling, and it's an interesting performance, because we never... Everything is is Cobb's you know rem- memory of her or dream yeah. version of her. None of it is actually her.
0: Yeah, and 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 all of his versions of her are tinged with the guilt that he feels.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah, which is why it's she's so, so menacing. Right.
1: Exactly. She's the, she's the villain of the movie. Right. Like in a sense. Yeah, I
0: guess kind of. I I actually well, we'll get to that with the rank, but I was yeah. I had trouble figuring out who the villain was, but that's an interesting take. She, you could say she's the villain. Yeah. I sort of looked at uh, Maurice as being the villain. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah,
1: yeah. I guess you could go either way since there's not really a central right. bad guy or anything. Right. You know, I kind of like movies like that, though, where the situation is what they're working against,
0: not like... I the- know, which it's <laughs> it, it sort of kills our rankings. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just because it's unique not unique but um
1: atypical of the of the stereotype i guess
0: well i do think that it it tends to work for what we're going for here mm-hmm. you know because essentially what we're looking for is the best like entertaining feel-good movie right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as opposed to like the best you know film Fil- so yeah. um so i in that sense i'm like Maybe it does help when we're watching more cerebral action movies like this, that you know, the average person is like, okay, I don't want to spend two and a half hours thinking. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I want to watch some asses getting kicked. Yeah. So in that uh, in that in that instance, you might want to actually go for cliffhanger, for instance.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly. But you know, maybe Hopefully. a little bit smarter than that. <laughs> maybe a little I mean, bit about cliffhanger. I, All right, so let's based based on our rankings, right? Based on our rankings the way we have it right now. I mm. think that if that's what you're looking for Raiders is kind of an awesome way to go.
1: Mm-hmm. It's uh, Right. I was actually just about to say a little bit if you want a little bit better than than Cliffhanger, then I guess The Mummy would work. Right. Yeah, Ra- The Mummy Ra- Raiders and Lost Dark even more so because that's the you know the original version of the, of the Mummy.
0: Well, I think, you know, Raiders and to a lesser extent Aliens, but Iron Man and Bullet Train, mhm. Are kind of in that vein,
1: yeah, absolutely. Just all so.
0: a lot of fun, yeah. regardless. Well, Maybe. another, Maybe. another, oh, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, just a little bit, turn your brain off, kind of, kind <laughs> yeah, actively. exactly,
0: exactly. And that's, um, which is not an insult, no, it's not. I, I mean, that's you know, it's what you need sometimes, um, but so. I was actually, and this is just like a stupid little note that I made, but I was like, I don't think they actually use 747s anymore. I think they're all decommissioned at this point.
1: <laughs> you, see, you see, I didn't I didn't know that. I always use 747 as just a, uh, as a synonym for, you know, jet plane <laughs> that flies. <laughs> I had never thought about it being an actual model that had particular layout. That was, so that was actually interesting little detail that, you know, this is why it's got to be that kind of plane.
0: You know, I always wanted to ride in a 747. Mm-hmm. Cuz I always thought it was so cool that there was an upstairs. And I, I never did.
1: <laughs> you see that's not information I
0: had until this viewing of this movie. <laughs> um can we just talk about how young everybody looks, especially especially Killian Murphy? I mean mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if you look at him, he looks like any- he's 18.
1: I don't know if they like make up him to look more grizzled or anything for Tiki Blinders, but he looks like, you know, looks like he's aged, you know, 20, 30 years.
0: And I love that they immediately explain why it's raining when they go into the dream.
1: That was really fun. The and how little, they explain it. it, it, it like, it's another nice little bit of world building and it makes sense.
0: Right, exactly. Because it's like, you know, he obviously wanted it to be raining for effect, Ooh. right? Yep but you can like do that the the way this story is built is you can explain everything it's a dream yeah you can just be like well this is why and and it's perfectly reasonable and it doesn't feel like you're forcing us into an aesthetic you Mm -hmm. know it's
1: just but 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 this this they give it a clever reason and it very quickly establishes who it is that's dreaming because it's easy to forget Right, Like, they haven't even really told you the plan in in its entirety at this point. You just kind of basically know. But, like, we've just set up, it's raining, it's it's kind of a cute line again, and Yusuf is the one whose dream this is.
0: That's actually a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't even think about the fact that they did that, but it's another, you know, economy in filmmaking, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just a tiny bit of exposition so that you as the audience can understand. But I remember thinking that, like, oh, we're in Yusuf's dream.
1: Yep. Which you know? so, so it did exactly what it's supposed to
0: exactly. Um, and then you know, Cobb's kind of a dick, mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't tell anybody like what could happen to them, that their what, brain could turn to mush.
1: What a fantastic, visceral moment that I knew was coming like vaguely, but that train running into them. It's oh, still, I know, you know so cool! Like heart, kind of heart pounding, and again, like the, the fact that in a dream, it's not even like the other dream people don't even think that's weird because it's a fucking dream. So it just adds to the unreality of it in a fun way.
2: Yeah. And and since we're
1: going to get so much more Killian Murphy, I think he does also a very good job of effortlessly adding to the movie.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I don't even really talk about him that much, but it's because he becomes the role so well that you just, Mm -hmm. you don't even like think about him as an actor, you know? Uh
1: Yeah, exactly. And he, uh, just, I think the first time you ever really encounter him is when he's sneaking. He, he wants to get past Eames on the plane, and he does. He does. It's 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 a tiny tiny moment that's irrelevant, but he does a really good. This guy is in my fucking way, face, and yeah. then. But it's not like an outward like, you know, like like I would do if I was an actor. It's just a very nice like, you know, I'm rich and not used to people getting being in my way, but I can't really say anything here. And okay, he's out of my way now right yeah exactly so it's just very effortless inhabiting of the character like you said so then we get it it, we get a lot more of him from this point on because we're gonna the movie's like about him suddenly right but it works in that we're not just suddenly wait wait who's this character we don't care about it at all the performance helps in helping us care about him despite not knowing him at all
0: that's a really good point yeah because you really do you care about him Mm -hmm. you feel the catharsis along with him at the end not to Mm -hmm. get ahead of ourselves here but yeah um yeah, I also it, to me it was weird to see Tom Berenger. I know that it's just like it's weird to see Tom Berenger at all. In some at ways. all, that's true. And then, but then to see him being vulnerable on top of it, yeah. I just to me he's always the gigantic asshole in platoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not You're sure. he's Just you like how can he be being vulnerable? Uh, yeah, he hasn't
1: even been to too much recently that I've seen. So it was kind of odd, but um, kind of an odd vocal choice, but also distinctive, I guess. And yeah, per- perhaps, perhaps uh, giving him like a very distinctive personality makes it easier to believe that memes could memes <laughs> that memes could could uh, could portray him so so easily, like inhabit the the persona. And a, a nice little yeah. acting like metaphor, I guess. Right, right. Actually, that very much is, and I want He he doesn't like use. They don't use like the way that they show. They don't. They don't go through the the trouble of like him putting on makeup or some stupid shit because it's a dream right right so he doesn't need to like put on a, like a disguise i like the mission impossible mask so we don't need that here yeah <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a good point point. and i like the implication that a large part of the performance is body language and behavior and something deeper than just physical appearance um and like the idea that you can walk up to someone in a dream, and as long as you're inhabiting that person sufficiently, they'll interpret you as them immediately, and like not, sort of no disguise
0: necessary in a way. Right, I know it's it's really cool.
1: I like I, that because I, I mean there are there, there, and I feel like the actors in this movie are, are are sort of showing that in real life, in that a sort of naturalistic acting is. uh effective at getting you to understand and empathize with their character immediately without needing really too much more. Yeah. Sorry it's, that was
0: like awkward. No, that it's it's actually really well put and thanks for saying it because it it, it just goes to show how cool the allegory that he is mm-hmm. using is.
1: Yeah. Which I um, think I, which I sort of appreciated without realizing it because I didn't know about it until you said right. it.
0: But you yeah. said so, you
1: get sort of a sense of it.
0: Well, I was sort of I was glad you know this is why I like to do the potent notables before I watch it because then I get to like experience that in real time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, I, I you know, so then he's he ends up talking to Ariadne about uh being in limbo with yep. mall.
1: Right? This is where we learn about limbo, it's a nice little aside that exactly it's a, good, it's a good place to put all of this because we need to learn now about what limbo is i'm glad it what didn't come earlier where like we might have forgotten about it by now it has a, right. good, a good sense of urgency
0: well i also you know and i don't think i really noticed this the first time i watched it there's the scene you know they've got they're like building right and they've mm-hmm. got sand castles up mm-hmm. and they pushed the sandcastles over some of them and you actually see in the background these buildings fall into the sea Awesome visual, huh? Isn't that so cool?
1: It's what there's just so many little things in this movie that alone would be a cool moment in a
0: movie. Yeah.
1: And together it makes this one extremely memorable.
0: <clears throat> so then we get to find out like what really happened between Maul and Cobb, mm-hmm. which is just fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like one of the most manipulative things I've I've ever seen, except for maybe Gone Girl. Mhm. <laughs> Which I have not seen. I
1: I have actually been avoiding it because I want to see it. So no, no spoilers there until we do the whatever. Okay. Movies or what have you. <laughs>
0: kidnapping movies ranking the best
1: kidnapping movies. Yeah. Um. This one could be on there, I guess. This is a fake kidnapping, but yeah. It's, um, it's very good. You know, we get backstory for them and how limbo works and right. the time dilation issue
0: and why what Cobb's motivation is. Yeah, like and this, we sort of, you know, abstractly understand that he's trying to get back to his kids, but we don't know why.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, like an understanding of, you know, sometimes he comes out of these dreams and he looks around like he has no idea what's real. We get an even better sense of that here because, you know, and just right. the, the emotional weight behind being 50 years, you know, in limbo like that. Yeah. You know, relative speak, relatively. not not in real time. Obviously. Well, it
0: felt, it felt 50 years to them, you yeah. know. I mean, it's kind of incredible. The, um, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say
1: how disorienting it must be to wake up from. Seriously, felt <laughs> really like fifty years in real life. And I think I think uh, Marion Cotillard does a nice job there with the, the, the little bit where she wakes up and it's just like woo. <laughs> yeah,
0: I I mean I thought she was excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, but um. So anyway, yeah, that's like the terrible. Uh, backstory that you get to hear about. Um, so this, I, I, I read this when I was researching Protonotables, and I was like, eh, I'm not going to put it in there. But then I, it came up in the movie, and I thought, that's kind of fun. So he says the numbers 528491, mm-hmm. right? 528,491 is a prime number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know if that has anything to do with the plot or anything, but uh, it's kind of it, cool. It might, as,
1: be. it might as much as, uh, you know, the 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 domes, the the Duomo and the Pantheon might, you know, it's it with him. It's hard to put anything past that. Right. I I like, I like that number coming back and being important further into the dream. It sort of shows their tactic as far as like, I don't know if that was impromptu or what, like for the, for the actual characters. I mean, but like they sort of allow, um, whatever his name is. I can't remember Killian Murphy's character's name now. Fisher fisher they sort of, fisher. yeah they sort of allow him to direct his own dream in a sense in order to keep it natural right so like they use those numbers and they're the 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 not a phone number but phone number and then it's the uh room numbers room
0: numbers yep
1: and i found the uh the improvisation that dom and everybody do when they're running with mister whatever i can't mr. remember charles him, mr yep. charles i found that very believable but also really cool the fact that they Cause it ends up fitting. So you see it being like, that was the yeah. best, best way to do it.
0: It's 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 incredible,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: Because, I mean, this is so, um, I don't wanna say convoluted because it's not the right word, but so, uh, you know.
1: I mean, it's, it's complex.
0: Complex, so. that's the right. It's so complex. So you, you think about it in this way, right? Mm-hmm. So we they're dreaming, then there's a dream within the dream, mm-hmm. right? And in the dream within that dream, he's convincing the dreamer to go into another dream. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's unbelievably complex, but it never feels out of reach.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it somehow always continuously makes sense because it plays by its own logic that that plays out in a way that works. Yeah, and I, I love I love that it's in the second layer of dreaming that they tell him he's in a dream, and yeah, exactly. that makes him feel like when he wakes up into the the, the top layer of dreaming, he, you know he thinks that's waking up from a dream and then he wakes up for real and just probably right. thinks the whole thing was wacky.
0: <laughs> so um, we have, uh, we're at, um, I don't well, know. So <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> in the warehouse. They're in the warehouse. And you know, the, the projections are closing in on them. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I had to, I wrote down another Tom Hardy line. Mm-hmm. You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Yeah, there, there's another
1: really adorable joke and a great visual joke. I gotta yes, I, ha- I have to say that there's some really good comedic timing and uh, framing of him picking up the grenade launcher, like yeah. moving <laughs> into frame really humorously in, in a way that again isn't distracting because it's not like slapsticky, but it's really funny.
0: It's it's excellent. It's just, <laughs> just just Tom Hardy stealing the show.
1: You know, I, I mean, I, really. I like him tossing darling, and at the end of that, like, I know. <laughs> that's why I'm imagining him, you know, pretending to be Leo, and I'm imagining Leo in real life being like
0: Joseph Gordon-Levitt, darling. You have got to act better than that. <laughs> just um, gay. <laughs> I uh, and then and then I enjoyed so so sort of this whole time Arthur ha- hasn't really. Gotten to have many good lines, you know, yeah. um, but he does get a, he does get one in the uh, in the second dream, mm-hmm. in the dream within a dream, because Ariadne asks like, "What's the Mister Charles Gambit?" Basically, mm-hmm. right? And Arthur's like, "Well, you know, we we tell him he's in a dream, and mm-hmm. we're his, you know, who he's hired to help him." Mm-hmm. But um, and I love that Ariadne is like, "Didn't doesn't cop say to never tell the dreamer that they're in mm-hmm. a dream?" Yeah, and then Arthur says, "So now you've noticed how much time Cobb spends doing things he says he he says never to do." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Best line of the movie for Arthur, I think.
1: Um, yeah, and uh, very reflective of the producer who has to say a little bit more down to earth, right? And <laughs> the director going off in directions, you know. The producer's like, this "Is this the best idea?" Yeah. <laughs> You feel, feel like, like you're spending that, more money than we were supposed to spend. Yeah, hundred and fifty million there, Chris Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to because of the practical effects.
0: And then of course, you know, Arthur then steals a kiss with Ariadne. Mm-hmm. Clever, mm-hmm. clever. Um, <laughs> uh I'm glad that they've ever like do anything with that either.
1: Oh I know there's there's no romance aspect to this movie except for, you know,
0: Maul and Cobb, and that's yeah. the way it should be.
1: Yeah, it it would be really ridiculous to add anything else there because I like the fact that Ariadne gets to have a function outside of you know
0: being a love interest. Yeah. Love interest, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I actually this part I've always kind of had trouble with too. I don't want to say I have trouble with because I'm fine with suspending disbelief for this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but. How do you go under while you're in a dream? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you just sort of have to.
1: take Here, it I guess a, you're just
0: trick tricking the subconscious. But I mean, like, how? It just I don't know. It's interesting. It must be tricking the subconscious because I I've had instances where
1: I'm pretty sure that you know I kind of had dream inside dream kind of functions, but I don't remember. There's no moment where like I'm falling asleep in the dream or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'll wake up. And then be like, no, wait, no. This I've isn't.
0: I've woken up in a dream before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true.
1: It must just uh, be tr- tricking your brain because your brain still wants to feel like it's awake, even though it knows it isn't. Something like that. Right. Yeah, a maybe. little bit like a little bit like how you're not actually feeling pain, but your brain just doesn't accept that that's not true.
0: The body cannot live without the mind. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a different movie. Yeah, creepy and smooth. It was. <laughs>
1: Um, you should do voiceovers for very creepy commercials about medicine I guess you know (laughs) talk to your doctor about Cialis
0: (laughs) okay now Uh, now I'm not not going to a
1: narrator man (laughs) (laughs)
0: well now so this is this is the other portion that I was like wouldn't the rolling of the van produce the same effect as a kick hmm yeah you think it would because it's I'm, you know i you mean, mean it's a know. cool visual in the dream within a dream where everything is like they, they don't have any gravity and he's fighting in this hallway that's moving around That's such a cool visual but i'm like wouldn't that wake him my my assumption is is that it has to be like a sustained drop
1: because you ever notice you fall in a dream you're falling off a fucking cliff you're falling from miles that's up. true they do
0: say it's a fault but you know he says he leaves inner ear function available you know yeah. i don't know i just I would think that your body would be like if it can wake up from being you know kicked over in a chair then it would that's probably true. wake up from yeah f- you know flying around in a van although they they do say it have to be a pretty big kick
1: yeah right oh because of so, sedation, yeah
0: yeah so maybe that's what it is
1: yeah i'm gonna say
0: that's what it is i, I don't want to like judge this too much
1: <laughs> no yeah and my and my my head cannon here is like these these things were just on the edge of being
0: too much and they just met, narrowly managed to not you know yeah i mean because the other part of it is like they got this rotating hallway and things are mm-hmm. you know you you gravity is gone crazy but all these guys are still just like laying on the floor or on the bed in a room mm-hmm. strapped mm-hmm. to a machine right that's my saturday nights you know <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't let, it's funny that you'd say that because this is literally <laughs> your Saturday <laughs> night. This is my Saturday night. You're right. I'm not. I'm not strapped anymore. Well, actually, I am strapped to a sheet. I'm wearing headphones.
1: I wouldn't quite call that the same thing. But
0: no, no. And I'm pretty sure right now you would definitely feel if your room suddenly lost gravity. Hold on. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I'm dreaming. I'm pretty
1: sure I'm not. <laughs> such such a good job with the visuals there too. though. well, that right. was an actual giant rotating hallway. Yeah, and I've I've actually seen how they do that with the old Fred Astaire bit where he would be dancing on the walls and the ceiling and stuff. It's just done so it's done very convincingly and naturalistically here. It's
0: amazing.
1: And I think this is this goes back to our preference for the practical effects, but like it looks like they're actually doing it, which they are. You know what I mean?
0: Right, because they are. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's so amazing about it. And, and just oh, it's so cool. I cannot get over that. That is one of the coolest set pieces I think that's ever been made.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, no, it, it's, uh, it's a really great visual. Like, just engaging and uh, and effective.
0: I, I enjoyed the line, he's like, how do I drop you without gravity?
1: It's Yeah, it's a good thing that he was the character in the movie and not me, because I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. like, I guess we're all just screwed at this point if it's me. Speaking it was of- a really
0: cool challenge that Nolan created
1: for that character, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of gives his character some interesting things to do whereas he hadn't had right exactly and this movie. is like
0: his big part of the movie you know
1: and it was it was actually some decent action like from from joseph gordon levitt too who i don't yeah i that so, like, action star but it was he good. did 95
0: percent of his stunts there too like he did basically everything in that that rotating hallway so badass for him
1: <laughs> yeah and like A lot of the time, I feel like it's very obvious it's him doing his own stunts in a good way. Like, he's actually jumping around and stuff. They're not making any effort to hide his face or anything like that, because I just thought it was well done. And um, I didn't feel like, however, that he had quite enough time to do everything he does. Because I believe when we're on the lower level here, I believe Leo says that he has three minutes up there. Because it's just like the, the van has already been falling into the water for a while now, which is just a great when they keep going back to the van and you just I know that's
0: slowly going towards that. It's so cool
1: to get a sense that all this stuff has happened on the lower layers and the van has just moved incrementally, you know? Yeah. To really give you a sense of the time. And um, I think he says that Joseph Gordon-Levitt should have three minutes and it just doesn't feel like you get everybody stacked like he does tied up with the phone cord or whatever and then that the, the elevator
0: was put yeah, the billion dollar dream on the guy yeah exactly I, I, I thought it was the cobra clutch frankly well, that's basically the same thing but yeah same move
1: yeah <laughs> but that's what i was thinking too i was like damn that worked yeah <laughs> an actual sleeper hold really does put people to sleep that would have been funny if instead of using the machine and chemicals to get everybody asleep, they had to constantly come over and give killian murphy the sleeper hold again <laughs> and then in order to make sure he's asleep you know joseph gordon levitt has to lift his arm three times
0: <laughs> but you know what that what would happen on the third one he would get the power back you know as yeah
1: oh i'm awake yeah <laughs> just
0: wagging his finger back and
1: forth we should we should have done uh we should have done top wrestling things or a wrestling themed one with this episode. I know. <laughs> well, anyway, so yeah, it feels like you would not be
0: able to do all that in three minutes, but whatever. I liked, so there's, so now in the, in the dream, within the dream, within the dream, um, I'm going to say it like that. Cause I find it to be a very confusing way to do it. So that's fun for me. Um, so I, Ariadne was like when, when, uh, I guess it's Cobb is killing Ooh. some of the projections.
1: Yeah. She asked if he's destroying his mind or whatever. Yeah. Are you
0: killing like these parts of his mind? That's, like, that's such a cool question.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh you just and imagine like, wow. <laughs> brain damage after this, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Maybe they're like little individual memory cells or something. <laughs> Maybe that's why when you wake up from dreams, you can't remember a lot of it because Cobb has been in there killing your, your brain. Yeah, so this is a little bit of this part of the brain, yeah, just going around killing cells basically. Um, part of his brain responsible for happiness (laughs) (laughs) forever, Killian Murphy. (laughs) Killian Murphy just wakes up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that I believe that Saito could have aged like 40 years in this amount of time in limbo, but there's another one that
1: the I understand that limbo it is a long time down there, but. You know, that's a long time.
0: Yeah. um, And then it's, it's cool. Cause like he goes to the, you know, he goes back and brings him back, brings uh, him Robert Fisher back from the, from limbo. And then he gets to have that like really cool moment with his dad. I mean, it was like surprisingly touching. Mm-hmm. It absolutely was like, Excellent. you know, it's fake. It's not real. Mm-hmm. And it, it still is just like, oh, that's so like nice that he gets to have that.
1: Yeah, a nice little moment to move on and finally put all of this to rest, you know? Yeah. Because and like, it, if
0: nothing else, it's kind of actually nice that they gave that character that. Like, that, yeah. that these other characters were like, even though they're essentially kind of stealing from him in, in, a, in essence, mm-hmm. it's like they were giving him this catharsis.
1: Yeah, I think Eames even has that line, you know, we should be charging him for the Yeah, that's true. I
0: forgot about that. Yeah,
1: it was. I found that moment. It's just exceedingly touching. Um, Yeah. Because like you said, you get a a real sense of the way it must have affected him and you don't dislike Fisher exactly like he's kind of a rich jerk or whatever. But at this point in the movie, you're already a little bit invested with him because he's been adventuring along with them to this point. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And like even though it's not true, it, it it makes me feel good that he gets to actually like move on with his
0: life and not have to worry about the specter of his father hanging over him. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. And just it, how poor cool the father was in real life. So like, invested in in like a character that you don't really know about until maybe an hour and a half into the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: it's kind of a kind lie, but I don't know. It's if it makes him a better person, I guess it's worth it, you know?
0: Right. I, I was thinking about so when ariadne you know jumps off the roof there
2: mm-hmm.
0: i was thinking about what that meant for ariadne so mm-hmm. ariadne dies like right then mm-hmm. comes back to the third dream level dies mm-hmm. like almost mm-hmm. immediately goes yeah. back to the second dream level and then dies almost, almost immediately yeah, yeah <laughs> that's like that. dead dead dead
1: <laughs> that that journey up through the layers is like really intense <laughs> and i mean everybody else two.
0: only had two deaths though yeah you know? yeah
1: she had well and then presumably and wait no did Saito and, oh, and robert Leo... fisher he,
0: he dies yeah he comes back through all four i guess and then he dies again comes back three, up right? and then he dies there, again right? in, the, in the third dream level so he dies twice in the dream level it's
1: gotta be a jolt of adrenaline when you wake up in a lot of ways you know He's <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. I wake up and what the fuck out of the dream was this? <laughs> Died three times in some really weird circumstances. Um, yeah. And, and so know.
0: did I miss something, by the way? Why Why does he wake up on the beach again? You know, I actually don't know. Um, I It's like he's yeah. resetting, but I don't know why. I think when I saw it in the theater,
1: I got the impression that he was going down into even like a further layer of limbo somehow. But that doesn't seem to be the case. That seems to be just I filled that in somehow. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like you can just be like, oh, I need to be wherever Slido is, and then like you just sort of end up there magically somehow. I didn't really get that either. Yeah. I also didn't get how they how they left because there was no there was no jolt or anything. Just he said, "Come back with me," and then they both
0: wake up, and like, what well,
1: did they, did he, they bypass all your the, dreams?
0: He touches the gun okay so I'm I'm guessing that yeah I think so when you're in limbo yeah right the other areas that you're in you can't be woken up in them even when they kill you yeah so oh actually now this is making this makes sense now so he wasn't able to wake up they they killed his sleeping self uh-huh. In the the third dream, yeah. So he went back into limbo again. Okay, okay. Which is that's fucking crazy, Chris.
1: Damn. Yeah. Seriously. Um, writing this movie must have been a trip. You know. Yeah. Seriously. Trying to keep everything straight and be like, does this work? Is that where I was? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm losing my mind writing this stupid movie. Um, of course, of course, he had practice with this sort of thing with Memento, with having to keep crazy things in order and.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Um, so actually, that's cool. I got to figure that out in real time with you.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, yeah. So then, you know, he gets, they, you know, they, they wake Saito and him. Like, I'm, I always took it that Saito killed him and then killed himself. Um, I, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, They're um, not showing. It always makes me wonder if like, because I know like there's a big question that we'll get to the question about whether he's still dreaming or not, but. I sort of felt like that entire end sequence made me doubt if they ever actually left limbo because we don't really see them; they just wake up.
0: I think that's on purpose, so yeah. that you can give your own interpretation. Although Christopher Nolan has come out and said that he believes that he that is awake, is he's awake? Yeah, Okay. yeah, and that the, he the so his reasoning for leaving the top spinning, and that's like what you leave on, and it looks like it's about to topple or whatever, and that he his reasoning for that was not was not to show necessarily the top of spinning, but to show that Cobb walked away from it. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't care about that anymore. Yeah,
1: that Cobb is moving on from, yeah. from all of that. And uh at a certain point you just have to accept, I guess this might be a dream. In fact, that's like a, a Descartes moment. I might, you know, I might be being deceived by it demon. I I d I can't live wondering that though, you know.
0: Right. Exactly. Just and, but what I love the way they show his his change
1: with Mm -hmm.
0: that because he's like worried about it and then the kids he sees his kids and he just he's like i don't give a shit anymore Mm -hmm. got my kids Mm -hmm. i mean honestly it's like making me choke up a little bit again just just now
1: (laughs) yeah um The one thing I did kind of note is that it doesn't seem like the kids have aged much since the last time we saw them.
0: I thought that too. And I'm like, so that's why I I am curious how long has he been gone. And...
1: It could be relatively short.
0: Right. Because the kids are still asking about the mom. Yeah. Right? And they're still like... Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: No, I was going to say that makes... Yeah, this asking about the mom and he has to like remind them that she's not there anymore... Um, it feels like it could be like as little as six months, you know. Right, and yeah. uh, just that he and 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 uh, Arthur have been pulling off two, three jobs in the interim, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's more like because <clears throat> they're like, when are you coming back? Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah, so that that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, so that's that's the end of the movie, um, and now we're uh, we're on to the rank. That's what everybody's here for. We'll we'll. You know,
1: well, I think fun. we're I think we're in a I think we're in like the seventh the second level of the overview now. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to get up to the top level in order to get to the. I don't know. I I got confused at some yeah. point. Let's <laughs> let's just rank the thing and figure out where we are at the end of that.
0: Yeah. Well, we rank it on ten categories: story, acting, originality, action sequences, chase and fight scenes, film coherence, hero appeal, villain appeal slash hatred, supporting characters appeal, and the final showdown um we rank it on a scale of one to five one being the worst five being the best and um and just as a reminder raiders of the lost ark is currently number one uh we start with story and zach you get to go first
1: for story this is not complicated i gave it a five yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is another i think i had a couple of these last time i would have given it a 10 if it was possible so uh, there's really nothing to add except what we've already said. The story's incredible, and um, I don't even. I think it makes really good sense. There are very few moments that, like, either during watching it or refrigerator moments after, where I was like, "That didn't make." There's almost. There's almost none. So, it, could, yeah. it, it could, They could hardly have done a better job. I'm. It, I'm kind of floored that he was able to come up with something like this. Yeah, it's it's
0: um it's yeah it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I. I, I so I also gave it five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I absolutely love this story. I lo- mm-hmm. I love it. Um, diving into the subconscious and the idea of like a shared lucid dreaming—it's mm-hmm. it's just such a fascinating story. I can't get enough of it. I I two and a half hours felt like you know sixty minutes. I mean, it's it, it's unbelievable.
1: Is it for you the kind of movie that you just want to start again, like yeah. the second it's over?
0: I was like, okay, I'm ready to watch it again. Yeah. I'm like, I'm actually honestly so excited that we're going to do the the Oscar. Oscar's one for it too, Ranking, because then we get to watch it again. I'm like, (laughs) I get to do this again.
1: Yeah. I think I saw it in the theater alone. And then, like, the second it was over, I was like, I got to get somebody to come with this to (laughs) me. Come come to this with me.
0: (laughs) I knew what you meant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I think I convinced my, 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 Significant other at the time. I think I was like, "You got to come. We're going to see this movie." And
0: they were like, "All right." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watched it with Sarah. I remember, and I was just like, "This, wow, okay." Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I was always crazy with movies, and I was almost like, "Do you want to just do you want to just go again?" <laughs> <laughs> just go later that night, whatever. Yeah, like well, let's just stay in the theater and go again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, I Sarah's like it's the only thing he wants to go again with. Oh yeah, she knows. Um <laughs> so the next the next category is acting, and I, I got this one. Mm-hmm. Um I actually vacillated a little bit on this one. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a five mm-hmm. and then I gave it a four point nine, and then mm-hmm. as we were talking through everything, I gave it a five again. <laughs> <laughs> Just went right back up. Yeah. I was, Part of the reason a movie as complex as this works so well is because of the excellent acting, right? Mm-hmm. Which was what we were describing during the movie overview. I mean, Tom Hardy is like the real standout to me in this. And I wasn't going to go perfect because at times the acting felt like it was a little stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times when there's it feels like maybe there's a little bit of overacting, but I'm just like I'm thinking about it and I'm like, what the who fight? no? It's yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. I can't imagine it being any better. So it's a five. what, what about you?
1: I gave it a four and a half. Um, I could have gone five, and it might be a little surprising that I said four and a half given I've been fairly effusive with the acting praise here. <laughs> um, but I think actually you 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 touched on a couple of moments were a little stiff and there was a tiny bit of overacting. It was like very Leo overacting that he does. Yeah. And I don't dislike it all. Um, I like Leo a lot, but he can get into a little shouty times. And I actually... I don't like to name names here, but I found both Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Elliot Page a tiny bit stiff at times. That's who I felt was stiff, too. That's, And I like them both as actors, too. But again it's like it's like picking nits you know this was an excellent movie the acting was excellent across the board i think it was nominated for several like ensemble cast awards and uh, rightfully so cuz everybody was good it's just it was they were kind of noticeably stiff next to say tom hardy and killian murphy who were extremely right. extremely easy and charismatic i think killian murphy was my star of
0: the movie because of how quickly i was able to empathize with him and no, it's an interesting point that you brought up, because for me, it, you know, I felt like Tom Hardy was the breakout. Yeah. But it's an interesting point you make in that he is sort of anonymous mm-hmm. to me, even at the end of it, because I didn't, it wasn't even, this wasn't Killian Murphy. It was just this guy, mm-hmm. Robert Fisher. So, yeah. And uh, um, a quick shout out to Pete Postlethwaite, who played the
1: father. Yeah. Yep. And was he got very little to do, but he was still effective, and he's always a good actor. So, yeah, I think he's, I think he's deceased now. And also, he was in Romeo and Juliet with, with Leo, the Baz Luhrmann one. He played uh, the priest. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: but I do know that Pete Postlethwaite is a good actor. Yeah, there was something else that I saw him in that was I was like, man, yeah,
1: he's, he's one of those really ones good.
0: you you see around, and he's always good. So yeah. Well, so the next one is originality. So you can go ahead with that one. Originality. This is gonna. You're gonna find this hard to believe, but I gave it five. Yeah, I actually typed five before you said it. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was um, like, I don't know how you don't go five on that. I really don't. Even if you didn't
1: care for the story so much, I can't really imagine not thinking that this is one of the more original ideas you've ever seen. You know. Uh, and, yeah i should have mentioned this with story probably but not only is it a great idea it was executed about as well
0: as you can do right well we'll get to that with film coherence i think Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i should save it for that you're right but uh yeah i mean i i i gave it a five also i maybe i'm crazy but i feel like this is one of the most original movies i've ever seen same so um so let's move on to action sequences Mm -hmm. so i'll go first there i gave that a five okay Um the action sequences are incredible from exploding fruits in Paris to the gunfight in the fortress. Um I don't know how it gets any better. I just I was completely enamored with this movie, as you can tell. So what what did Mm -hmm. you do for five for for five action sequences? (laughs) Well, you're gonna be disappointed because I only
1: gave it a three and a half, and now I'm thinking of going higher because I'm having trouble remembering exactly what my objections were. I think my objections were mostly that like there were a couple of times where they went on a little too long, and I was thinking I would actually like this a little bit better if it was a little less gunfight and a little bit more tension. But there was already a great amount of tension, and they already did a great job of building that. So I'm thinking definitely of going higher, but for right now, it's going to be a three three and a half. Because it, it felt some of it felt a little tacked
0: on. Like he was like, "Oh well, I gotta have a gunfight now." Yeah, I can see. I you know, yeah, I guess I I can see your point. I guess I look up, at gonna it, it to,
1: I'm going to up it to four. Just I'm making that executive decision right now. Same reasoning, but it was better than three and a half. It was it was definitely four area.
0: Well, so here's what I find a little bit interesting about what you're saying there. Is that it sounds like you're actually saying something about film coherence. Uh, yeah, I, I might be. Because, you know, I, I didn't think about it in those terms. I just thought there's an action sequence and it's well done. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's an interesting point. But I'm going to keep it as a five. I just honestly, I was having a hard time not just going five, 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 five across the board. Yeah, <laughs> that's well because I I realized I went you know, well we'll get into it. But I realized I was doing a lot of fives and I was went back to acting. I'm like, I guess I could go four point nine. And then we talked about how great the acting was through the acting. whole mm-hmm. thing. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm just going to put it as a five.
1: It's um, so it's so funny and possibly stupid of us but i have found that when i really like a movie i like look for reasons to make the score a little lower. i do the same thing and it's so
0: dumb it is really dumb and (laughs) (laughs) i i did that even with our first movie with aliens aliens yeah i was so harsh on that because i was like well i can't be just like amazed by the very first one we do yeah um but anyway so let's uh so the next one is chase and fight scenes and that's yours first well i i gave that one originally a 3.75 so i have upped
1: that as well can you know concurrently with action sequences and i gave it a 4.25 i feel like i may even go back and put those up a little bit more the chase sequences were really good that's all i have to say about them (laughs) but again perhaps a bit much um yeah that's
0: it there yeah i mean there aren't a ton of fight scenes yeah right but they had one and they had it in a rotating hallway. Rotating hallway, yeah. So fucking amazing. <laughs> um, and then the chases I thought were pretty excellent, whether mm-hmm. they were on foot or in a van. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, five for me. Five.
1: <laughs> I'm not even gonna argue
0: with you. It's just
1: <laughs> I might go well, back and, and put them up again.
0: So here we go. Here's here's uh film coherence. So this, this is the next a, one.
1: This is an important
0: one uh, nice this movie. Yeah, so here we go. You ready? I what? gave it and you, you gave it a five. <laughs> yeah. And so I, it just, just the sheer, you know, size of the complexity of this movie, mm-hmm. it could be so easy to lose the plot, but uh-huh. it's just so expertly crafted that even like the exposition that is meant for the audience mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's meant for the audience, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, every scene in this movie just move you along the plot. There's just no wasted detail. It's incredible. It's yeah. unbelievable. Anyway, sorry. What do you got? <laughs> I, I gave it a I
1: gave it a five. Um, and I know that might go like against a little bit what I was just saying. With I felt like maybe some of the action stuff went a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, but that's like, nitpicky.
1: That's nitpicky, and like the well, I can't I can't really add on to what you said. It could have so easily been a mess. And not only was it not a
0: mess, it was basically perfect. I can, yeah. hardly, I can hardly think of anything that could have been done better. So, Well, you know, it's sort of on the heels of us watching two Mission Impossible movies, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, especially the first one, you have a convoluted plot. Yeah. And they do lose the plot. I mean, it's not terrible. It's but easy to lose the plot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you see something like this, and it's, it's even more glaring mm-hmm. how... You know, other movies don't handle it as well. You know, yeah, but
1: it also makes this movie so much more impressive in my mind because yeah, exactly. That's
0: that's a good actually. That's that's a better way to say it. I'm thank you.
1: No, that's okay. Um, because those both of those movies had like good points, and you're going well, faults, but it still works in a lot of ways. And this one, there's just no fault at all.
0: Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. Um, I I gotta I be honest with you. It's like I want to leave right now and go watch Oppenheimer. (laughs) You can even get a late showing yeah (laughs) Um, so next up is hero appeal so what do you have for that for that I
1: uh, gave it a 3.75 I feel like you're probably going to disagree with that and give it much higher if not the highest you can get I liked Cobb a lot I'm considering Cobb the hero obviously yeah I thought his motivation was great I'm not I'm not really sure why i gave it 3.75 mostly because i think it wasn't quite like my favorite hero of all time i kind of i kind of thought it was more of a an ensemble kind of thing than well, him carrying the movie in the same way that i don't know i can't think of anyone right now oh it's, i don't know indie
0: yeah indeed that's a good that's a good example actually um so i actually i'm pretty close to what you have 4.25 okay I I rooted for Cobb, and I sympathized with him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I really wanted him to be reunited with his kids. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like that's the same as wanting to see him kick some ass.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I I feel the same.
0: So, you know, I I felt sympathy towards him, but I didn't – I wasn't excited by him. Mm -hmm. So – Yeah. All right. So the next step is villain appeal slash hatred. And I'll go first for that. And I'll just say there's not really a villain to speak of. Yeah. So there's not really anybody to root against, which by no means makes it a bad movie. Okay. It's just not necessarily the prototypical action movie.
1: Yeah. Where there's no Jeremy Irons running around being evil. No, exactly.
0: Exactly. Somebody had fun.
1: Um, (laughs) That was freak. (laughs) That was pretty good. I enjoyed that actually.
0: Do a whole do a whole podcast that way.
2: Mm,
0: no. <laughs> you could make you could make the case for Maurice Fisher, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and actually I didn't think of this, but you made the case for Maul. Which is really, um, I guess, just mm-hmm. Cobb's all subconscious. Yeah, but still, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a villainous character. Mm-hmm. Um the film didn't need a villain. Mm-hmm which speaks very highly for it. Right. Um, but we're not looking for the best film. We're looking for the best action movie. And so Mm -hmm. I went with the Mm in-between which so if everybody's, if anybody's listened to all of our episodes at this point, um, the first time we said what we would give any film that didn't sort of have what the, the category was for, we would give it a two and a half. And then we just randomly started saying it was, we were going to give it a three. But because i've been editing so many freaking episodes <laughs> i know that it's supposed to be two and a half so i want two and a half okay so what uh
1: i gave it I a mean? three because i thought we were doing three for that <laughs> but i will absolutely <laughs> go down to two and a half for for just the same reason it it, it happens not to fit this category but
0: yeah so, so we'll say two and a half for that as well for me. Right, you want to do two and a half okay yeah all right so then we go on to supporting characters appeal and that's that's you for supporting characters, I went four and a half. I almost went
1: five, except for a lot of the same reasons as the acting. Just some of it wasn't perfect for me. The supporting cast was fantastic. And um like I said with Hero Appeal, this is sort of more a, an ensemble movie for me, where the whole group was was great. And oh, we haven't really mentioned Ken Watana, Watanabe that much, but he was really good too. Um He was very convincing in the role he was in, Um and he's generally good. It was like I wanted to see more of this group interact in a way, which is just it it helps it could have like a shit plot and I would still kind of enjoy seeing the group do a stupid
0: heist that wasn't good. So well, to that point, again to show how excellent this movie is,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what you're saying is that is a two and a half hour movie that you wish you could see more of. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Um, so I, I gave it a five i mm-hmm. give uh, supporting characters appeal five uh, i loved everybody in this just mm-hmm. i mean same thing you said but um but i guess a little bit more <laughs> as with most of my rankings yeah well. um but Saito is is excellent as mm-hmm. the shady still charming businessman right absolutely yeah arthur uh as great as the stuffy but loyal friend ariadne is the gifted but curious youngin uh robert fisher as the victim slash subject of the heist and eames who just absolutely stole the show right mm-hmm. and that's you know not, that's not even the full th- i mean yusuf is great i mean there's there's so many characters in this movie and it never feels bogged down with mm-hmm. characters
1: yeah absolutely everybody has a function and
0: I mean, it sort of it reminds me of The Mummy, right, where they had a whole bunch of characters, and they're fun, right? Mm-hmm. But we, it always felt like, well, there's too much, right? Yeah,
1: it always felt like, who's this guy again?
0: Right. But I I, I bet you if we counted the amount of supporting characters that actually have lines in yeah. The Mummy, it, it might actually end up being less than what's in this movie. Yeah. And this never feels like there's too many.
1: How, how many movies can have Michael Caine giving a nice performance that he's you know very fun every time he's on the screen or not fun exactly but convincing and engaging when he's on the screen and you barely mention him yeah
0: I, for, I forgot to even bring him up as yeah, as, yeah I mean it's just oh man so since, well done
1: since this is supporting characters I want to get in the question I meant to ask before sure I like Leo a lot I think he was very good at this this movie has a lot of people from the Batman trilogy the Dark Knight trilogy in it yeah do you think it would have been better or worse had Cobb been played by Christian Bale and not Leo? That is an interesting question. Yeah, because it occurred to me when I was like, you know, Leo is like one of the very, I mean, Elliot Page too, but like, it's like he took like, oh, I want to make this movie. Let's just get like my five favorite actors and then a couple others. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with a couple others, but like, was Christian Bale doing something else? Was he making, you know? That shitty Terminator movie he was in something like that
0: <laughs> so uh, this is uh this is, so I really like leo mm-hmm. um but leo is is kind of a movie star to me mm-hmm. more than an actor mm-hmm. which is fine it's like Tom Cruise too yeah you know um that doesn't i don't mean to t- to detract any of his talent or abilities or anything when I say that you yeah. know um, but I do think that <sighs> there's a part of me that thinks that Christian Bale might have hidden in the character. Like you might've seen him as Cobb more than Leo yet.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's better though. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hard to say which would actually be better
0: because right.
1: Both would be good, regardless. It's hard to imagine Christian Bale giving a bad performance here, you know?
0: Right, exactly, and and in very well may have been a better performance than than Leo as the character, mm-hmm. but might not have made the movie better mm-hmm. because of it.
1: That's a that's and a, that's go a good, good way to say it. That's just very true, is all.
0: The other thing too is you know without part of the reason that Inception gets made is because he gets Leo, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: So I don't know if it gets made with Christian Bale as the as the
1: lead. So Christian Bale also might have been a little bit too like the entire cast of Batman is back. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Would have been like am I just watching Batman again except
1: <laughs> Well Batman not really. I
0: mean because it was The Dark Knight. You're th- I mean you're thinking of The Dark Knight Rises yeah. which came after this. Because Joseph Gordon-Levitt's not in The Dark yeah, Knight. You're right. You're right. And right. I'm um, right. um, Tom Hardy. Right. Um
1: I guess I'm mostly I'm I'm thinking at least partly of we Christian got Michael Caine, Michael Caine hanging
0: out again. Yeah, All the little dynamic. And then um, Killian Murphy, mm-hmm. yeah, was yeah, in, yeah, was in them too. But
1: um, <clears throat> so we can we can move on with that. Oh, though.
0: Yeah. So anyway, on. so with the final showdown, so that's uh, I go for first there, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah. So I gave the final showdown a four. Okay. So it's an atypical final showdown,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, just but it just works so well. It's not a real final showdown for an action movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I can't go higher than a four. But the shootout in the Snow Fortress and the Catharsis, it's just incredible,
1: mm-hmm. you know.
0: Um, so that's yeah, that's my justification for four. What do you what do you have?
1: I this is the only place that I went five, and you went lower, but I gave it a five. Um like you said, there's no like confrontation exactly. The confrontation is a quiet, dramatic, emotional yeah. final confrontation between two characters who aren't fighting, like physically, for me. But um I felt it, it feels such a sense of satisfaction and closure when they all wake up on that plane. I'm considering the final showdown to be the emotional conclusion as well as everything. And like when everyone wakes up, I love. Everyone's little subtle acting performances of looking like people who woke up from a stressful dream <laughs> during a transatlantic flight, and I felt the same way. Like I felt like, wow, that was actually a lot to deal with. Like, like yeah. I wasn't even involved. Um, I, I the end of the movie is just so strong for me.
0: So it ends on a perfect note. I'm going five. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna go five too. Did I talk you up? <laughs> you you talked me into it. I I mean that's just. I like the way you view um, these sometimes, and I think I get too structured in the mm-hmm. way I look at it. Yeah, so, but that, that can be
1: helpful, too. I, I, sometimes you bring me back like, yeah, wait, I'm kind of going a little far
0: afield of what this actually is supposed to be ranking. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm glad you said that because, honestly, like I said, sometimes I just get like, ah, you know, I'm doing too much here. Um, but, anyway, so it's funny that's how it. We- it's funny how we can think ourselves out of scores sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so where do we rank here with Inception? So that's it. We've ranked Inception and it surprisingly, for all the love we gave it, mm. it is it did not beat Raiders. Oh, Raiders is tough. It's But it is our second one in the 90s. Oh wow! So it's like just behind it. It's just behind it, right? Because because Raiders is ninety point four. Oh, and Inception is ninety point two five.
1: You see, I kind of get that though because this movie got dinged a little bit on the not having a villain, and right. This is this is it's a good action movie. It's a it's an excellent movie, but like Raiders: of The Lost Ark has exactly the structure of an action movie. You know,
0: right? Exactly. So I, that's. And that's really the only thing that inception loses on yeah um so or not lose i mean loses yeah and it's a, it's our second s tier movie really. yeah exactly
2: <laughs>
0: that's this movie's big flaw'm yeah. <laughs> not sure you can say that but 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 yeah i mean what a joy to watch mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to watching it again and ranking it again with different categories mm-hmm. um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting is as-
1: I feel like it's gonna have a lot of the same praise but maybe even more so because it's gonna be on slightly different
0: yeah it's gonna be different terms and the way we the way we watch it i think will be different Mm -hmm. you know Um, more of an artistic watch than a entertainment watch absolutely but anyway that's it that's the rank for uh for inception This is officially number two It uh it went above Iron Man but didn't quite make it past Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, very very close. Thank you for listening. And again, if you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com. Check us out next week when we're ranking The Accountant, the 2016 movie starring Ben Affleck. I know that Zach has not seen that movie before. I have. I really enjoyed it. So we'll see what what. uh, on a second viewing if it if it holds up for me and uh on a first viewing for zach if if he likes it first ever having heard of it so
1: (laughs) i'll be going into a blind
0: thanks again for watching and goodbye and adieu
1: Sorry, my cat is kicking my keyboard,
2: so I don't know if that's affecting anything.